Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. There's a podcast in the water. Good. Strong. Okay. Okay. Simple. So I've been having a panic attack for the last 48 hours, and I just, I didn't even, I have a no. lot to say about this episode, but yeah. I didn't want to put time into planning out Good. the opening. I just thought, let's, let's go. Occam's Razor, let's go straight the fuck into it. Great. My name is Griffin Newman. David Sims. This is... Uh, Pod Night Chimacast. Uh, blank, blank Check. Check with right. Griffin and David. Uh, this is a podcast where we discuss uh, filmographies yeah. and one-offs of... Uh, uh, wacko people, directors. Wacko directors. Boom. Let's keep going. Okay. I like this. I, I like this idea that we're just going to go fast. Yeah. This guy's name is M. Night Shyamalan. Right. This is his seventh movie? It is. It is. Uh, lucky number seven for M. Night. Yeah. It's called Lady in the Water. He would have done a better job with Lucky Number Seven than whoever directed it. Yeah. Uh, Paul McGuigan. Paul McGuigan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lucky Number Seven, not terrible. Not great. No. You know who's good in it? Lucy Liu. Yeah. She's, when's she bad? Exactly. When's she bad? She's never bad. <laughs> and and that, that, ladies and gentlemen, weighing in with the voice of reason on Lucy Liu never being bad is, of course, our good friend. Uh, he, he, you might know his work from Vanity Fair. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Vanity Fair? He's Vanity Fair's film critic. What? Yep. Is that Chief correct? That's right. Head? Yep. What's the term? Just, Vanity just Fair's head. Yeah, I'm, I'm Graydon Carter's wig. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Lawson. Hey, guys. Hey, Richard. Thanks for having me. L- uh, long time, first time? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I was telling Ben before we started that uh, when I listened to your first episode ever about Phantom Menace, I was like, "These, this is a mess, and what are they doing? And, oh. But then, I would, like, then like 30 minutes in, I was like, oh, I'm in love with this. And, uh, the yeah. first 30 yeah. minutes of the first yeah. episode of this podcast are, uh, they're, they're not great. They're Phantom Menace asking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they are slow out of the gate, I would say. Yeah. But then we pulled a reverse George. We pulled a reverse Lucas. Yeah. 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 We just and got we just... better as we went along. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's not talk about George Lucas. Yeah. Nope. Uh, let's talk about M. Night Shyamalan. You know who would have done a better job with Lady in the Water? George Lucas. Yeah. yeah. You know who would have done a better job with the Star Wars prequels? M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Perhaps. Perchance. He can't direct action. Okay, so let's talk about someone who can direct action. He's the fourth man in the studio today, <laughs> and he's directing us oh, all yes. into the, the booth, directing our levels to the right balance. Uh, he's here in the room with us again, because I know room. this is the plot thread. Everyone hangs every week, like Where's new, Ben? Yeah, this Where's is a ben? new feature every week. But here's the twist. There's also a walkie-talkie in the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, For some reason. And he said that perhaps he might have to leave at some point during the this recording. This is great top of podcast stuff. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's keeping them interested and engaged. <laughs> yeah. so. wait, but wait, who's this guy we're talking about? Well, it goes okay. by a few names. <laughs> Producer Ben. <laughs> Producer Ben. Yeah. The Ben Deucer. The Haas. Mm-hmm. The Poet Laureate. Yeah. The Tiebreaker. That's true. Birthday Benny. Mr. Positive. Yep. Oh, Mr. Positive. He's doing it off the top of his head. Yep. That's amazing. Sometimes they call him the peeper. Oh, yeah. The That's best my favorite, one. I think. The peeper's That's good. Ladies and gentlemen, I swear to God, if you call him <laughs> Professor Crispy, don't you, you will don't have you something to reckon for. <laughs> that is true. Not a nickname. He's got his fans, though, Professor Crispy. Oh, yeah. They the tweeted Hogs? us. Yeah, yeah. The Hoz Hogs are talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, Do you have a new name for him? No. Well, people call him Hoz Producer Hoz? Ben Kenobi. They, yeah. they call oh, him Kylo Ben. Kylo Ben. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Uh, I think we hit all the big ones, yeah, right? Yeah, probably. There's probably other. Hello, Fennel, we got that one. 
No, no, yeah. hello, fennel. hello fennel. Can't forget that. Well, one. I always try to end with that one. I say, and, oh, let's, and sure. let's grant a hearty hello, fennel. You've literally never done that. <laughs> I've done it once. <laughs> okay, I think fine. once before. I always try to do it. All right. His name's Ben Hosley, and I love him. Yep, Ben's here. It's nice to have you, Ben. It's much better than last time when we did The Village and you were silent until like 90 minutes in when you just screamed, and this. And that's what, wasn't David Earl sort of alarmed? <laughs> he, he was, was like, quite alarmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Understandably. Um, you, David, you have your laptop open. It was like 9 p.m. too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was our first ever late night recording. Uh-huh. Uh, Blank Check Nights, we call it. It's our new yeah, saucier yeah, yeah, yeah. spinoff. Um, Chelsea Nights. We're in Chelsea. Chelsea kind, Nights, kind yeah. Of. Uh, my, my laptop is open. What do you want? Uh, will you go to the iTunes reviews? Because there are a couple of recent ones I want to read. I trust your judgment to pick out which ones they are. But there are a couple short ones that I think Great. were of I'm, import. I'm opening iTunes, so within an hour and an hour and a half, like, I'll have those ready for you. So I'm going to vamp with some other housekeeping <laughs> as you do that. Uh, of course, we are part of the UCB Comedy Network, mm. which has recently gotten a big push on iTunes. Yeah. Guess what? You know what? Help the family. Help us. Please. Uh, subscribe to some of our other shows. Uh, We're on the front page of iTunes. We were on the front page of, of iTunes. Cool. I think we still are. Really? Hey, what? UCB hey, Comedy what? is also uh, going to be a feature provider, I believe, when this episode comes out. Oh, my Lord. So, fun stuff happening. Yeah. But yeah, um, check out all our shows. And you don't even have to listen to them. Just subscribe and then rate and review. Just Perfect. Up- update. Um, my iTunes is freaked out that I unsubscribed from Apple Music and is currently crashing. So, just, just, just keep giving you an update on how iTunes is working. Cool. Okay, great. Love iTunes. Cool. Great. You know what? We'll get to the reviews later. Yeah, we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there are any other pieces of housekeeping. Not for now. I might I might remember something later. I feel like there were one or two things relevant to the franchise at large. Hmm, maybe. But I'll, I'll get to them later. All right. Okay, so today we're here to talk about a film called The Lady in the no, Water. Oh, there's no the. Mm-mm, there's no the. I'm sorry. I, I fucked up and I stopped myself because I remembered what the housekeeping business was. There's oh. a new segment. There are two new segments I want to introduce on this episode. One of them I think is long overdue, and one of them is was... We're forced to add this segment because of two big occurrences in the last week, David. It right. happened to two of us. Hashtag the two friends. The two friends. Hashtag we are the two friends. We didn't mention that. This is a new segment called the Burger Report. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I see. So this so is a segment. This is the one that's inspired by me. Oh, also inspired. Oh, and by also me. inspired by you, right? I saw that's your why. tweet. Two I things happen tweets. in one week. I got to start a segment. Okay. This segment's going to open up every week. We'll check in at the Burger Report. There might be no news. Yeah, probably. But if either of us, our guest or producer Ben, aka producer Ben, aka the don't, producer, don't don't do that. <laughs> yes, go have on. Any updates about people? <laughs> Cool people they've gotten to see eat a burger. Mm-hmm. This is the segment where that update will go. Yeah. So, David, would you like to lead with the first burger report? Uh, sure. Uh, I, I'm going to request that you cancel the theme music. Maybe we get new theme music. I'll uh, I'll ask Lane Montgomery, who, of course, sure, give us uh, a sings our, our theme yeah. song. Yes. Uh, yeah. Last night I was at Moo Burger on uh, Court Street in in uh, Carroll Gardens. Humble brag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was eating. I was e- I was eating a, a, were you, a, a six p.m. dinner. Did you Bob Duvall or something. I was in my robes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was at which is Moo Burger, by the way, located within the Princeton Club. I don't know if no. Um, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I was eating a six p.m. dinner, so it was uh, clogged with infants. This this uh, Moo Burger. Um, and uh, next to me was Michael Shannon, uh, Oscar nominee Michael Shannon. Uh, eating uh, with a bunch of kids and a couple of adults uh, eating his own burger. Does he look really serious when he's eating a hamburger? He looked serious all the time. Uh, Very handsome, in my opinion. Very tall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Craggy. Yeah, a little craggy. He had some facial hair. looked great. Uh, And uh, I obviously, my girlfriend uh, was with me, and I was like, Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon. 
And she's just like, you know, nope. <laughs> and then she's like, sorority? The sorority letter. And I'm like, what are you talking? I don't know what she's, I'm like, that's not a movie. I don't know. And then, of course, I remember he did that Funny or Die video where he reads that, uh, angry sorority letter that went around the oh, internet last year. I don't usually like those like No, I rewatched it and I was like this is and, fantastic. Yeah, that was good. It's yeah, a yeah, very yeah. well acted. Yeah, that's yeah. why because he's a great actor. Yeah. Um you should have just told your girlfriend that he was the recipient of this year's uh a Griffin Blank Check Award. I did mention his performance and your love for it in the night before to her. And, I, and she has seen Man of Steel, so I mean has, has Joanna ever listened to the podcast? I shouldn't name Yeah, her. yeah, she usually listens. Okay, she does. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I want to know. I wasn't I wasn't leading anything with that. I'm just always curious. She doesn't listen to every episode. If it's, but if she's seen the movie, she listens. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so now time for the next uh, installment of mm. The Burger Report. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I was in Humblebrag, uh, Hollywood, California. Hollywood! I went to a place called Apple Pan in Los Angeles. That's my That's favorite place. Oh, it's, all it's, uh, famous. it's a, it's a little overwhelming, it. I find, but like the whole process of like getting a seat and stuff, but I do like it. I went there and it was pretty empty, which was okay. really nice. It was and a weekday, probably. Yes. I went on like a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So was... uh, very quiet. It really feels like a time machine walking into that place. It doesn't feel retro kitschy. It's like, in a weird part of town that's kind of fun. Very weird part of town that was within walking distance of my hotel, which is all I look for as someone who doesn't know how to drive a car. Where, where is it in, in... Oh, I have no idea. Okay. It just felt weird. I've definitely uh, heard of the Apple Pen. Century City? I yeah, okay. I think okay. it's... But it's not like the big buildings that you think of when you think of Century City. It's more just like... It's just, I don't know. It's no, odd. it's sort of in between I, Century City and West L.A., and it's near a mall that's not very popular. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, it's a great place. They serve you soda in, like, a paper, like, triangle. Okay. But, yeah, but what, what, happened, in a metal holder. what happened at the uh, Apple Pan? Well, here I am just eating my steak burger. Sounds good. Medium rare. Mm-hmm. Cheese. My I also got my burger medium rare with cheese, so. Hey. This is why the burger report's important. The two friends. Because you got to find these things out, okay? But we don't know how Michael Shannon got his. Well, I looked him up, and he's a vegetarian, so I think he was eating a veggie burger. Oh, and you don't want to eat those rare. No. That's good detective cook work. Those, cook those suckers. I'm down in a Sprite. I'm chomping at my burger. Mm. I'm salting and peppering my fries. Yeah. I take a look over my shoulder, and who is there but three-time, yes, recent, three-time, a historic and historic three-time Academy Award winner for Best Cinematography, consecutive awards, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Lebesky. Chivo himself. Well, wow. see, now, I didn't one. call him that because I'm not his friend. Okay, fine. And this is a pet peeve Known of as Chivo. We do, do you, it, we, I do, ironically. Do you call him Marty? I call him Marty, yes. Okay. I call him Marty Lebesky. Um, he was there with his parents. Okay. Eating a burger. Well, that's nice. It was really nice. With his, his parents? parents? Yeah, his parents. Okay. I mean, they might have just been two old people. They're speaking Spanish. I okay. might be racist. Right. <laughs> racist against Spaniards. But he was hanging out with two old or Spaniards. Is he Mexican? I actually have no He's idea. Mexican. Okay. He's Mexican. I don't know. He Emmanuel was speaking with two uh... old Mexicans, and they looked very proud. Sure. Did he have his Oscars out? Now, you texted me and asked me that. Oh, my I joke I made was that he was using all three at once to apply condiments to his burger. Sure, yeah. Ketchup, thought, mustard, and mayo. Yeah. A funny <laughs> off-the-cuff text. Yeah. I thought pretty good within the circumstances. What? Uh, any further questions, Ben or Richard, about either of these burgers that we witnessed? No, I just feel sad that I didn't. I don't have you one. You have no burger story I mean, for I've us. seen famous people eat hamburgers, just not this week. Well, if you want to toss out a famous person eating a hamburger like from your past, that's okay. Um, I saw... Uh, so, uh, at Toronto Film Festival, I saw um, a lot of celebrities eating little tiny hamburgers because they were pasta d'oeuvres, but I mm-hmm. I can't specifically remember. I think I, Rachel McAdams. A good mm-hmm. one. Good one. 
also say, Richard, you know, you have an open invitation. Anytime you have a burger scoop, yeah, call Can in, I send it text over? in, yeah, yes, yeah, just send Uber, us a voicemail, anything you want. Oh, to. it could be like on Radio Lab. I could leave you a message and you could play it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. And we should have a twenty-four hour, seven days a week phone line that people can call into and leave us messages on. <laughs> yeah, it's really a worthy do. expense. <laughs> yeah. I think that you should look into that, Ben. Just uh, setting that up for us, and then you can say, "Just call my answering service." <laughs> yeah. Or Ben could just be the answering service. Yeah, I'll just give out my personal like, cell phone. Hello, Fennel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do have a couple of reviews, or should we just get into Lady in the Water? These reviews uh, are very short. I got a burger. I got burger oh, stories for days. Sorry, Ben. Now, here's the thing. But you have to pick one. That's the point. Well, I just want to say, I used to work at the Spotted Pig. So oh, I got oh, very a fancy lot of burger stories. What yeah. a good segment. We got an infinite well of burger stories. I can dive in anytime, but I'll say uh, top one, I. Uh, uh, had Kanye West. Oh, sure. that's pretty funny. He's quite famous. The quite VIP famous. section. Mm-hmm. He never looked at me once, but he ordered a couple of drinks. Wow. And he so ordered he, a burger. He did this you. all without, right. He sent the burger back. He never actually looked at me What was once. his problem with wow. the burger? He said he wanted it more. He was well done. He was like, he wanted it more well done. That's that's That, that tracks. Yeah, that's the kind of yeah. annoying, weird thing that yeah. he would do. And he was so upset that we only offered blue cheese. As the I, cheese option? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just like some dumb waiter. What do you want from me? Wait, you're saying that you were a dumb waiter? Like the Thomas Literally. Jefferson's yep. elevator waiter that invention? That was my job. That was my <laughs> job, yeah. I want it more well done. That was my review of Life of Paolo. Pablo. Life of... <laughs> yeah. My, more well done, please. Life of Pablo. Uh-huh. I haven't slept in life. Mm. Um, that's been a running uh, theme on the show. Okay, quick quick reviews, and then we're going to jump straight into the water. Uh, here's one review from TC14 that said that the viewer's review is titled Good Show. Cool. says, could use more bits. Look, so, we, so. we hear your complaints. <laughs> yeah, we're giving you bits right now. Uh, Jeffrey Malone, uh, brother to Rob Malone, I Friend believe, of the show. Yes, uh, says, gives us five stars and says, I like it when Griffin, Griffin gives out comedy points. So, Griffin, keep doing that. I'm going to start doing that regularly. That's a that's thing a that bit. was- my friends and I invented that. Uh, Sam Rogal, uh, mm-hmm. Patrick May, and Alejandro Colini. We we created that, and I'll Many keep points. it going on this uh, on the show. Yeah. Uh, here's my favorite one. Um, this is by Bob Duval, spelt D-U-V-A-L. Fine actor. The well, all right. Uh, the title of the review is "I'm Bob Duval," <laughs> <laughs> and the review is "And I'm the Judge." <laughs> so good, good, good review. Uh, yeah. So I think we should leave it there because that's really good. I think there was one more review. I'm not going to make you search for it. There's one more review where the line I remember was, I don't get the TC14 thing. To which I say, uh, 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 fuck you, I drink a cup of diarrhea. So now on to today's film. Wow. wow. Strong yeah, what, words. What's not to get? What are you talking about what's not to get? I think they just think you're a gross dude who uh, pervs on a robot too much. Well, you're allowed to say that. <laughs> and I will accept that. And I will agree. All right. But don't say you don't get TC14. That's so, offensive to her. The year is 2006. Great time. Big year. Yeah, yeah what's going on in 2006? Um, I moved to New York City. You moved to New York City. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Richard. Uh, America's really starting to feel George W. Bush's suckiness. I feel like that's when it we all- We were headed for a very good midterm election. We were headed yeah. for that very exciting, yes. The Democrats retook the House and the Senate, mm-hmm. I believe. It's thrilling. Um, what else is happening? I, I was still in college. You were probably I was in high school. In high school, nine eleven happened five years ago. Yeah, look, yes, technically yes. Uh, I believe at the time of this film's release, I was in an animation program. I was doing a summer animation intensive at NYU because I thought I wanted to be an animator. Sure, this film came out in July two thousand and six. Yes, I was at NYU attempting to be an animator. 
They still haven't found any uh, weapons of mass destruction. Sure, we were yeah, like that's true. embroiled in the Middle East. Yeah, had badly. Petraeus reared his head yet? Had the surge happened oh, yet? I don't think so. Uh, I think Hurricane Katrina was the the year the, the, the year prior. I moved so. to New York City in July 2006. So basically, me and Lady right. in the Water have a, a real strong connection. Did you see it in New York City? Oh no, you've no, never, never seen it. I'd never seen it. I had also never seen this film. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm at. This I had thought that I had seen this film, but there is no way. I, I saw think this I saw movie. the first like ten minutes, and then was like, absolutely not. I, like, yeah, I, I, I might have caught yeah. some of it uh, on TV. Uh, I was in this animation program that was at NYU. I grew up like three blocks away from where this program was happening, right? Mm-hmm. And they had like like it was run like a prison. Like okay. we had to be escorted to the bathroom and everything. That sounds weird. And then we I guess because like, you were a little kiddies. 17? No, but whatever. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Um, but I, I found out later as I went on that there had been a problem in the past of uh, children being abducted by their parents from the program. By, by, by their, their parents? parents? Yes. Like parents who were going through a divorce and the dad oh, like came right. as featured in one of this year's uh, Academy Everything Short Film will be nominees. Everything okay. Yes. yes. Mm. Parents going through a divorce. The father thinks he's going to lose the custody. He goes to oh, visit his child. Right. And then just snatches them away. Takes her in a car. Goes missing. Yeah. There was like, another... like Rockefeller. The... Yes. A Rockefeller did that. Is that right? I think so. A while back. Uh, of Rockefeller Records? Yeah. Um, and then there was a kid. More bits. I'm giving everyone bits. I'm just trying to do bits. Zero comedy points, Griffin. Um, there uh, was another incident in which a girl uh, did something stupid and got arrested while on the program. And her parents sued NYU because they said she was never a bad kid. Before NYU ruined her. It has ruined a lot of people, to be fair. <laughs> that yes. is true. Yeah. Are we just going to rag on NYU? Is this yeah. the uh, NYU feelings coming out? Bunch uh, of jerks. Yeah. Uh, my father works Get out, out of the village! Um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, go on, yeah. sorry. Anyway, um, so I was in this program where we weren't allowed to leave at all. Everything was in a group. It was like being in like a preschool, and I had like curfew hours. And I remember one of the things I was really stressed about was we made one trip to see a movie the whole month that I was there. because, mm. And I was missing all these fucking movies. I couldn't see movies. Yeah. That's my thing. That's your thing. And I'm a huge M. Night guy. And I had hated The Village at the time. Liked The Village more on this recent rewatch. Mm-hmm. Right? But you, 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 like most of America, had been very disappointed by The Village. Almost angry, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I was so ready for, like, reinvention. He's doing something different here. The movie's in theaters right now. You've got The Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. Superman Returns. My super got... ex-girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> Cars is still going Cars, strong. you've got Click. Yeah, people uh, are clicking. America's clicking. You've got the Pirates of the Caribbean, second, the second one. Dead Man's Chest. Yeah. That was the one movie we went to go fucking see, which I hate that franchise. You've got Little Man. Oh, of course. We had Little Man. Got you, me, and Dupree. Is Little Man the one with Cynthia Nixon? Uh, or am I imagining things? Well, Little Man is You're thinking the- of Sex in the City. <laughs> is the, Speaking of burger. The movie uh, you're thinking of. Little Man's the movie where Marlon Wayans is a little He's guy, a little man. and he pretends to be a baby. Oh, I'm thinking. There's a movie. I think it's called Little Manhattan. Yes. Oh, yes. With Cynthia Nixon. Yes, yes. indeed. And I, I was just like, love. I was now, I was just frantic because I was like, is Cynthia Nixon in that weird Wayans Brothers movie where I like mean, Marlon Wayans' his face look, is superimposed onto a baby? She plays the police captain. I could see her doing that. Do you know who I think is the little boy in Little Manhattan? I'm not 100 percent correct about this. You, Josh Hutcherson. Oh no, you're right. You're, but if that's, I'm wrong, it's me. He, no, I was my second choice. I'm pretty my second sure guess. you're yeah. right about that. Actually, yeah, I was the little girl in Little Manhattan. But anyway, so you you didn't get to see any movies, and uh... I saw Pirates of the Caribbean, which I hated, mm. and I spent a month arguing to people that didn't even fucking make sense as a movie. It, not a big sense maker that one. And people would be like, "No, the plot makes sense," and I was like, "They literally never explain that." And then I realized 
two years later when I saw it on cable that I'd fallen asleep for 15 minutes and didn't know. And a lot of the scenes I argued didn't happen in the movie did in <laughs> oh, fact I happen. See. I, so you were in the wrong. Yeah, but the movie also You blows. were the Max Landis of that situation. Correct. Yes. Okay. And I take my hit. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take my lumps on that one, okay? Right, right. But so one of the other groups and one of the other concentrations, everyone got to vote for what movie they fucking went to go see. And one group voted for Lady in the Water, and I was so jealous of them. And they came back, and the, the cafeteria the next day, it was the photography department or whatever it was, mm. this Tish summer program, was like, oh my God, it's the fucking worst. Snarf, 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 snarf. Look mm. at me, I'm Story. Oh, oh no, it's Scrunt. Wow, like, they, were, they were really ripping in. They remembered it, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they kept on yelling at, at the cafeteria. They were going, snarf, 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 snarf. And I was like, these idiots, they don't even deserve an M. Night picture. Mm. Who do they think they are? So I didn't see the movie until like two months later mm. when it was already almost out of theaters. Right. I went to see it by myself at Times Square, the AMC 25, maybe two other people in the audience. That's, that's my background for how I came into the film. Everyone had told me it was stupid, and I was angry, and I hated his last movie. And how did you feel about the movie? Yeah. Kind of like it. Yeah. But do you do still, still kind of like, like it? Well, I want to hear your opinions first. Uh, I walk out of the film and I go, this movie obviously has fundamental issues. Sure. The largest issues are the ones in which M. Night Shyamalan presents himself as the one person who can write the stories that can save the world. You know what? I think that's one of the better parts of this movie. Really? I don't think it's good. I, I, f- <laughs> I think everything in this movie, almost yeah. everything in this movie is mind-boggling like like, bad awful i agree that it is awful i also agree that it is so discombobulatingly bad that there is i suppose something sort of special about it like it's not like you're watching some run-of-the-mill crappy movie uh but it's bad i'm gonna let you two it also is is emotionally defunct in my opinion like and it has to not be to work if that makes sense that's like the biggest problem with this movie Right. It's supposed to be this very sweet tale of like personal redemption, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's like very character focused. It's pretty small. It only takes yeah. place in an apartment block. And it's got lots of cute little characters and it's got this it's like it's got this idea of itself as like, oh, there's a fun ensemble with like and he you hired know, great actors to, to play the ensemble. As he usually does. Yeah. He's a good hirer of I mean, of it's actors. interesting that then I guess he was still people still wanted to work with him then. I mean, yes. people want to work with them now, but... No, no, but yeah, no, absolutely. Right. I mean, even off of The Village, like, The Village, for its flaws, had had yeah. made Bryce Dallas Howard a thing and, you know, like, uh, right. had a great cast and... Uh... You know what's interesting? I, w- I wrote some <sighs> notes when I was watching it. Yeah, sure. And I, in all caps, I wrote, this is the plot of Manchester by the Sea. Oh, is it? Which uh, Ken Kendler Nergen's new well, not movie? Not to spoil anything, but there's a family tra- a tragedy in the past where mm-hmm. a guy loses his family mm-hmm. and then becomes the super of a building. Right, that is the plot of Manchester. So, so do you think sort of, Ken, sort of, Ken sort of. caught this movie and was like, "Yeah, I can do better." I think there's a, there are parallels, but it's a very strange parallel. But it's there. Is there any overlapping cast? Because uh, some of these uh, actors seem so. like people that Lonergan would work with. I mean, let's... Yeah, no, you're right, but I don't, no, there isn't any, sadly. Can we go through this cast quickly, just because yeah. it really is a murderous okay, so row I'm gonna, some of my I'm gonna, favorite character actors? All right, so and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the cast, and I'm going to try and think of at least one of their stupid idiosyncrasies. So you got right. Paul Giamatti as a stuttering janitor, essentially. Well, yeah. Handyman. St- stutter, I, I mean, he, um, he essentially plays the role as if he's a cartoon jalopy. <laughs> His stutter is... It's Paul Giamatti. He's Archie's the... car. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they start the stutter at line two. Like the film opens yeah, with yeah, him yeah. working at a sink underneath mm-hmm. a sink. And he mm-hmm. goes, uh, ma'am, it looks like you're. All right. Tiles are broken. 
Now you're an actor, Griffin. Is the stutter something that you aspire to do? Because I, I feel like it's like a, it's like some actors like Everest, like they really want to do like some weird tick like that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, I feel like when I get auditions that say that there's a stutter required, I usually yeah. say, "Nope." I, nope. Uh, I feel like it's it's kind of a thankless task. Yeah, because it's a real condition that yep. is hard to dramatize, mm-hmm. and audiences find infuriating because, like, you even you have even let. I mean, stutters are a little difficult to deal with even in real life because obviously it's like a little awkward to yeah. interact with someone with a stutter. But you know, you're you know, you're an empathetic human being. When right. you're watching a fucking movie, you're like, oh, for crying out loud, does he have to have a stutter? I have to suffer through this. Yeah, and it's also it always feels kind of insensitive. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're almost always unrealistic, and it's almost I, well, it's always, always a sign of weakness, right? Or, some yeah, obvious yeah. point is being yeah. made. Yeah. I think pretty much. I mean, the dominant ninety percent of the reason why Colin Firth won the Oscars, it was kind of the only stutter in film history that felt like, oh, that seems pretty accurate. Yeah, right. Like no, it felt yeah, like he pitched right. that perfectly right, and, well, no, was and like, it was like, yeah, we understand all the roots of this. I mean, yeah. it was a whole movie about his stutter, like medically. But it was like, also yeah. on a performance level, kind of unprecedented that someone got it just right in like the Goldilocks way, like they right. landed in just the right bed. You're talking about. Colin Firth in the Amanda Bynes movie, right? Yeah, yeah. In, uh, in What a Girl yeah. Wants. Yeah. Yeah. In, the movie in which where she doesn't get into Harvard, but then at the end of the movie she's like, but I got into Oxford, so it's okay. Yeah, and he'll never goes, forget that. He goes, that I am your f- 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 father. He played her father yeah. in Have you movie. ever yeah. Matt yeah. Besser doing doing the King's Speech thing no. on Comedy Bang Bang? No. And and it's like he does it's he has Tourette's, not it's it you gotta see it. It, it doesn't have you just gotta see it. It's not okay. that he has Tourette's. They just do the bit where he has to swear to like try and get over it and he yeah. says like the most horrible things and it's Anyway. Well, frankly, um, I won't listen to it because it's not on the UCB Comedy Network. All right. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard as nice. Story, a C name. M. Night's Muse. Yeah. The Muse. Yeah. The film's Muse, yeah. right? Who he never worked with ever again after two <laughs> films established as his Muse. I, I wonder if he blames her. I wonder if she blames him. They should both blame each other. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that movie. A lot of blame to go yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, you want to see that movie, M. Yeah. Night versus uh, Bryce, yeah. that instead yeah. of Batman yeah. versus Just like Superman. deep-held resentments and then like maybe a coming together at the end. They're, yeah. they're the Sid and Nancy of $75 million studio pictures. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, this film cost $70 million, I believe. Why? Yeah. How? I got some, I Great got some, question. I got some fun facts. These right. questions will All be right. answered I'm in going Griffin's the next new segment All right. going, later in the episode. Going through the cast. Bob Balaban is Harry Farber, a mercurial film critic, a... Feet little fool. So he's <laughs> like, I don't know. Like. His defining characteristic is that he is the least sympathetic character ever portrayed in a film. I've, I have seen. I found him quite sympathetic. I have he's seen. He's a child's drawing of a film critic. It's I great. Suppose so. yeah. uh, he, An angry, resentful child. Uh, he hates everything, including movies, especially movies. Mm-hmm. He hates life. He hates, he hates his hates job. He people. hates interacting with people. Uh, yes. Seems to hate happiness. Yeah. Uh, I've seen uh, a Nazis who are portrayed on film in a more even handed <laughs> manner than this character. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright as Mr. Dury, a crossword-obsessed uh, guy. That's know. it. He, yeah. he has a puzzles. son. He has a son. He, he likes puzzles. puzzles. Right. Uh, Sarita Chowdhury, who's- He's also doing the crossword in like the Philadelphia newspaper. I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh. Right? It's not the Saturday Times crossword. <laughs> hey, I mean, come on. Hey, maybe he gets- Maybe, maybe he, he buys does. the New York Times just you're, for the crossword. Right, maybe I should. Shots fired. Uh, no, but that is- uh, uh, Sarita Chowdhury, who is a good actress- I like her a lot. As uh, Anna Ran, who is M. Night's sister. It's one of her weirdest performances ever, if not the weirdest. It's, 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 a, it's very strange. It's odd. Yeah. like it. Uh, but she's a great actress. We all really agree. Doesn't really have any ticks. She's just very. She's very passionate. She's very uh, outspoken in this film, right? She uh, doesn't have yeah. a tick. I really. didn't realize until the end of the movie that he that she was his sister and not. No, his I wife. thought she was his wife too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? It took me way too long to yeah. figure out because there's even that conversation where they talk about how many kids she's going to have. 
And I thought that was them bantering about how many right. kids they were going to have. Yeah. Tracked perfectly. Well, I mean, I, with my, yeah. I always am pl- like flirtily playing with laundry <laughs> in the laundry room with my sister. You know, it's just it's just <laughs> right. what people do. Right, you're always just tossing panties at each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cindy, living together. Cindy Chung as uh, uh, what's her name? A uh, young Soon Choi, a, a a local girl at the at the uh, <laughs> a local gal <laughs> at the uh, yeah. apartment building who serves as a translator for her grandma. Oh, yeah. uh, her tick is that she she's speaks- in school. She speaks perfect English with a horrible accent. Yeah, her tick is that she's Chinese. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. like honestly, and, and she wears like hot pants and like is always like in like she's in school. She has like studies. But There's she, this sort of vague like book reading she has to do. She speaks immaculately, yeah. but with no, a Mickey Rooney yeah, voice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan as Vic Ran. Oh, he's in this. Yeah, he's in this mm. film. Uh, you'd argue he, you could argue he's about like the fourth lead, third, fourth lead in this film. I'd almost argue he's the third. Yeah. He he is the inciting event for the whole yeah. thing. He uh, the movie so. is the movie which has two main characters is centered around him. Right, right. Well, kind of. The it's, lady is in the water because of him. She's in right? the water because of him. And I'd also argue he's kind of like the the strongest emotional empathy character. Him and and Giamatti are the two characters that actually have like emotional arcs. I think the audience yeah. is supposed to relate to. Yes. Story is more of a plot device. Uh, he is uh, <laughs> an aspiring novelist who is writing a book called The Cookbook, which is about his yeah. ideas about leaders and stuff. It never really seems to be a novel. It sounds like it's just him. It sounds more like a, you know, Mein Kampf type <laughs> manifesto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right? Okay, so yeah. we'll, we'll get yeah. back to him. Uh, Why Fre- is it called The Cookbook? We don't. We never find out. Uh, just for think. some weird sort of yep. like mistake that is immediately cleared up. One so. misdirect <laughs> that lasts for 15 seconds. <laughs> right, yeah. One, yeah exactly. Where it's like, oh, is it just a cookbook? And he's like, no, no. No, it's, it's a, book a book called The Cookbook. <laughs> I mean, that's actually title, the whole huh? movie is sort of defined by like weird things that are then resolved 10 minutes later. Right, by just an explanation. Right. On, like <laughs> yeah. a person just speaks an explanation. I, I want to get this out now before we go on with the cast. Oh, I the next one's say, real good. Yeah. yeah, I used to say that this film was was one of the M. Night films without a twist. This is actually his twistiest movie. There's a twist every 35 That's seconds. That's true. Yeah. Well, but they're, yeah. they're, they're twists where it's like, he's not the protector, he's the angel. I, or yeah. what, you know, I already yeah. forgot all the names, Which, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you, you don't even understand what they were trying to make you believe until after the twist is revealed. It feels like he wrote this like immense tome like of like this sort of the legendary, uh, yeah. you know, the legendaria, whatever, of this world, these worlds. Mm-hmm. But then he like he gave us like one page of it. Yeah. But he's got it all in his head. Definitely. Maybe. And let's remember there is a supplemental book that was released. There was a well, fully illustrated children's book. There was. Because this was billed as a bedtime story but from M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, it was right. inspired by yeah. as a bedtime yeah. story. And he, like, supposedly this is what he told his daughter, I think. And so I kind of think he was just making this shit up yeah, and was un- like, oh, oh, I'll just make a movie. Because, yeah. And he said it, it was inspired by she was like, what happens in our swimming pool at night? Which is a fair question from a young I mean, girl who all, lives in a mansion yeah, in LA. Right, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. And and he so he came up with this thing of like, I don't know, like a sea nymph comes out of there. And then she meets like a weird stuttering janitor. All right, all right, this is good. We're cooking now. Uh, I'm the savior of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Freddie Rodriguez uh, plays Reggie. A bodybuilder who's only building one side of his body. Yep. So Let's he's got more specific, big muscles. Though. It feels like it's just one arm because it doesn't even look like he's got pecs on one side. It looks like it's he's just, just got it's the just, arm. Right. He's like, yeah. I mean, he doesn't even say like, oh, I'm practicing to be in like an arm wrestling competition. He's just like, I just want to do this. He says at one point it's like, it's a science like an experiment. experiment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he looks like a uh, 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 tertiary uh, the goon character, Joey the Ball, for those of you who read the comic book The Goon. Nope. Yeah, sorry. 
Uh, but yeah, he's got one huge muscly prosthetic arm, and then that is it's his entire bizarrely cartoony. In, it's weird. Yeah, it's and uh, and, yeah. and Freddie Rodriguez at this point is like Emmy nominated actor from Six Feet Under, like recognizable. Right. So far, by the way, we're just saying like good cast, great yeah. cast, a lot great of good cast. actors. Yes. Uh, Bill Irwin as sure. Mr. Leeds. What a great actor! Don't really remember him in the movie. I that had just much. seen him t- a year prior. As uh, in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf with Kathleen Turner. Mm-hmm. And he was very good. Like in 2005. Uh, yeah. Or late 2004. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, his, his characteristic in this is that he's very serious. Yeah. He yeah. sits in his... He ap- sits in his room watching Immaculately designed room. It's not a bad performance. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. The, the, the news is always on the TV in the, dis- in the background. And it's, and it's, all, it's war. all war. Yeah. yeah. And he's always judging everything. But in a, in a calm and, and right. sort of uh, steady, metered uh, way. He and Paul Giamatti's character share some sort of... Uh, Tragic ap- understanding. Appreciation for each other, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Harris as Goatee Smoker. What a fine yep. actor. Great actor. And uh, one of the... Where I was like, oh... Like I didn't I realize that he was doing American things that long ago. I know it's crazy. You know? He's been around for he very had been long around time. for a long time though. Yeah. He'd been in that Beatles movie like years before right. then. Yeah, yeah, he just didn't pop forever. But he's always uh, great. Uh, Mary Beth Hurt as Mrs. Bell, the Butterfly Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah Gray Cabay, who was on Heroes as uh, Jeffrey Wright's son, who loves cereal boxes. That's his character. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tova Feldsha, who's still around. She, uh, she was just a zombie. Just on. She just... was just uh, not zombie, and then a zombie on oh, The Walking God, Dead. That was so good. Uh, as Mrs. Bubchick. Now, yep. Tova Feldsha's character trait in this movie is that her husband's always shitting. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right, and, and she, she has a lot oh, to say about him. All of these character traits are introduced. One by one, in very sort of dutiful fashion, sort of at the beginning of the movie, right? That's the first right. twenty minutes yeah. of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, sort of in the same way that the village works, except the village is involving. But this is—I'm—I'm I'm withholding my opinions until later in the episode. I'm this, not enjoying this bit. This, this is like—it's—it's um, it's like a series of vignettes. Like it almost the beginning of the film almost feels like it's just like an omnibus story where it's like, look at all these little lives, but everyone right. has like this big cartoonish characteristic. Yeah, uh, we've done all of them it's now. It's the setup to a TV series. It's a pilot episode. It's mm-hmm. not a movie. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like these crazy apartment people. Like, yeah. <laughs> That'll be a great title for a show. Which is <laughs> great, right? It just rolls right yeah. off the tongue. Uh, yeah, David Ogden Stiers is the narrator who narrates the little animated sequence. Oh, is that who that, that is? That opens the oh, film. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. you've got, I mean, Doug Jones is one of the uh, Tartuics. Sure. Or okay. whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got Ethan Cohn. That you know, he was kind of like a chubby guy for I a while. I loved his movie, uh, Hail Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> you know the guy with blonde hair and glasses. No, no, no. You're thinking the other one. It's the guy who wrote Garfield. That's oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, but we've 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 uh, Tova is the last sort of big name in this okay. cast. Yeah. Um. But then there, there's like also there's a bunch of other people. Yes. There's like a whole family that's uh, I think there's Mexican. A whole band. Five sisters. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a band. There's all sisters. There's a band. Uh, I feel like there's something else that we're missing. Some other like sort there's of. There's a pool. All right, and me and Richard were talking. There are a bunch of scrunts in this movie. Yep, sure. Me and Richard were talking about this. Okay, she's not really in the water that much. No. Very little, and like we don't even really see her. Like, we don't see her swimming. No, we don't see her Never. swimming. I thought that she was going to have to go back into the water to get to the blue world where she's from. Yeah. Story. Yeah. But yeah. instead, like an eagle has to get her. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, where the fuck is the eagle going? Guys, we got it. We got to slow down. We got to back way the fuck up. So this film starts with an animated introduction narrated mm-hmm. by that I drew. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or someone of my equivalent of your skill. skill. Yes. Yeah. It's stick figures. Yeah. With a lot of swirly it lines is, around. It is them. cave painting. It sort looks of like the you know. Coco Pelli thing. You know, this god that they have at Mexican restaurants. You know, <laughs> who's like playing a flute and has squiggly hair. That yeah. looks sort of like the Qdoba yeah. logo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah. 
It, it's all <laughs> accent marks. Uh, <laughs> Um, and everything is said in a manner of great portent. Yeah, but I want to say that uh, this is setting up a lot of stuff, and I couldn't tell you one thing that it says. Agreed. It completely does not sink in. We've Whatever t- well, it was it. improv. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was live drawn yeah, <laughs> for the improv. Uh, on our you know, months-long, almost year-long uh, deep dive into the uh, Phantom Mass trilogy, we talked about mm. there was a phenomenon that would occur in that movie. In those movies, yeah. where uh, like a stretch of dialogue is so much fucking exposition nonsense information, and, yeah, yeah, right. exposition with terms that don't even make any sense, character names, planets, technologies, right. and it's just exposition, and I just go blank, and none of it processes yeah, yeah, it. And yeah. we're watching the same film week after week, and it was like week nine, I was like, I think I get what they're saying in this scene. We were made a lot of mistakes yeah. on this podcast simply because it just it never was communicated to us, like I, the information of I, that movie. I was watching this movie on a plane while having a panic attack. Great. Um, I will say the film did calm me down sort of weirdly I mean it's it's at quaalude energy (laughs) like for the whole movie yeah it did its job in that sense but um, the stakes seem very low even when there's monsters and you know grassy dogs and like god knows what else the stakes feel low M. Night Shyamalan has to write (laughs) the book that will save humanity the cookbook day he has to write the book that will inspire like Obama and or Trump it (laughs) might be Trump they never clarify they say someone's gonna do a lot of stuff after Right. Okay, so I on the plane rewound. I downloaded this film off of uh, Amazon because mm-hmm. uh, you can now download movies for twenty four hour rental. Great. Uh, and I watched it. Uh, I, I so saw. Wait, th- it wasn't just playing on the plane. I okay. So <laughs> you I, asked, you I asked. sent in a request to American Airlines, and I said, "Hey, you're I'm really having trouble with corporate uh, bodies, right? <laughs> we'll get to the Sony thing at the end of the uh, episode. We, will we? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that's called Griffin's petition corner. <laughs> Um, so I, I watched this on the plane. I was a little tired, right? I'm, I'm having a panic attack, whatever. And I started up and, and the fucking, like the opening narration just goes right, right over my head, past my ears. Absolutely. And I was like, okay, Griffin, stress out. This is your job. You got to watch this. You got to understand this. This is the key to figuring out the movie. Start it over. Yeah. Watched it a second time. Sure. Made less sense. <laughs> no, I did the same thing. Yeah. I it- rewound it and I was like, nope, duh, don't, don't, don't have it. I, I mean, the crux is sort of like our world, blue world. People in blue world come to our world? No, yes. Okay, <laughs> but here's a policy. I want to throw out a rule, okay? New rule. New no-nos. No, this is a yes, yes. Yeah, okay, new rule. Okay? If you are making a film that ostensibly is in English, right, not in a foreign language, mm. More than every other word has to be a word that we already know That's before we sat down in this film. Yes, right. Yeah. You know? That's fair. But no, but narf, scrunt, uh, t- uh, what was that other word I already... Turmeric. Tartuic. Turmeric. Yeah. I mean, and things like blue world, it's like, okay, those two words exist independently, but when you hyphenate them, then I no longer know it, what it, it means. It sounds like a movie you'd see at the Science Museum. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but it's fucking stuff that About d- jellyfish. didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Narrated by, I don't know. So, I, David Ogden Sires. No. Right. Uh, the dad yeah. from Better Off Dead. Um, so I watched this three times in a row, and then just threw up my hands and went, I don't know, just watch the rest of the movie. You've seen it before. You were able to track it enough without the introduction. I forgot that that introduction was in there. You mean, yeah, sure. Right. After the film was over, I was like, so now that you've just watched it, go back and watch the introduction. Right. It made even less sense to me. <laughs> So we don't need to discuss this any further. It's Great. nonsense. You want 20 more minutes? Okay. So <laughs> yes. 
Um, so it's a very complicated bedtime story that adults yes. can't understand. Right. So and I don't know that children can. I've never heard of a child liking this movie. It is ostensibly for children. <laughs> to be fair, you probably haven't been asking a lot of children. <laughs> I haven't been asking, but yeah. I, like, I've like interacted with children in my life, and they've said I like X movies, Humble such bag. as Frozen. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah, ooh, Where ooh. on Court Street? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you and Michael Shannon are just fucking chilling with kids all the time. He was with like eight kids. Mooburger is the kind of place where it's like that you go in there and you're like, are there there are this many children in the world? Like, like I, this is this must be all of them, right? But that's, uh, I mean, he's got a lot of young fans now after 99 Homes. Kids, oh. that, do you see how many fucking oh, yeah. Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award nominations yeah. that movie got? I love the yeah Michael Shannon with the big surfboard. From... <laughs> that's the Teen Choice Award. We're talking about the blimp. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. We're here for bits. By request of listeners, but let's make it clear when a bit's a oh, bit. You're not doing your bit. Are you going to do your bit? Oh, Richard oh, pitched a bit. I to pitched me. a bit, but I don't think I'm going to do it. No, I think I think it might be too late. For I was going to um, just only refer to Bryce Dallas Howard as Jessica Chastain. For the whole <laughs> would have been good. Would have been good. Oh well. Um, all right. So uh, yeah. So we're. It's about a Philadelphia apartment yeah. complex. Uh-huh. It, it has... doesn't look like Philadelphia. Nope. I'm sure it was filmed there, but it uh... looks like Florida. Yeah, it was good. It really does. It is. It was shot in Levittown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to introduce this segment because I think it's going to be spread out. But the segment that I, that I talked about, I want to introduce new, is because I watched it on Amazon, right? And mm. Amazon has this feature for selected movies they're trying. Uh, if you watch things on Amazon X Ray, uh, on Amazon Video, it's called Amazon X Ray. And what it's supposed Are we to be. sponsored by Amazon? Go on. Yeah. No, yeah, because yeah. I think this feature gave me some real scoops on this movie, okay? Amazon X Ray is supposed to be like. At any point you're watching the movie, you can tap or you can pause. It tells you which actors are in that scene. Oh, interesting. It tells you what music track is playing. Huh. And it integrates IMDb trivia into the film. What? So like, the, wow. Like, like pop-up video. Yes. Mm-hmm. The hallowed, unimpeachably, always correct yeah. IMDb trivia. Well, that's the new segment. <laughs> it's IMDb Trivia Corner, okay? So I have this uh, saved here. There's some facts that have come up already from where we are in the film that I think are relevant. Because at this point, I'm just withholding information. I have the inside scoop now. I know what's going on from these trivia facts, okay? And it's not, here's the introduction again. Um, it's, it, it, they don't throw them at you. It's if you pause the film, it tells you uh, the yeah. trivia fact. Uh-huh. Okay, ready? Um, do, 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 do. Here's one. Kevin Costner was considered for the role of Heap. Or Paul Giamatti accepted the part before they Imagine Kevin Costner. Costner doing a stutter. And then, oh, and then it says in parentheses, so Giamatti really was the first option. Uh, okay. Sure. All right. But someone just at some point well, he was, was like, hot off sideways. Yeah, he was. This right. is this was his big casting off of sideways. I remember where it was mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe Paul Giamatti gets to be the star of a movie, yeah. and it, this was that movie. I think this was the first thing he booked after Sideways. That's you what know? I'm saying, yeah. Um, here's in between, he had made Cinderella Man and gotten his Oscar nomination. Right. Uh, the 100 percent forgettable Cinderella Man. Yep. Uh, uh, so here are two facts that are questions that the two of you have asked that I now hold the answers. Go to. ahead. Okay. Director trademark, Pennsylvania. Okay, yes. so that's a, a trademark. Uh-huh. Shyamalan demanded that the set be within forty-five minutes of his Pennsylvania home. He timed the trip, which took forty-three minutes. Wow. Wow. Okay. Good job. All right. It was all worth it. <laughs> they say the film takes place in Philadelphia, but as you said, it looks nothing like it. It really looks like Florida, but well, I guess it's we're... It's this high-rise apartment building that seems to be in the middle of nowhere, because yes. right in the backyard, it's like it's the forest. forest. Yeah. yeah. And everyone seems to be dressed as if it's really hot. Right. Like, everyone's yeah. always hanging out by the pool. Everyone's wearing, like, tank tops and shorts and shit. And, like, yeah. this is not a Pennsylvania climate. Well, a... that brings me to my next pack. Uh-huh. The reason for the film's shockingly high budget, $75 million, 
Did they build this whole apartment building? Despite being set in one location, it's because the apartment complex and the pool were built for the film. Wow. Oh, my God. Do you think they're still in use? Again, it was all worth it. <laughs> Uh, Let me. If this film made provided some housing for people, for sure, yeah. <laughs> then you know what? Some Maybe kids it... got to go swimming. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Uh, some of this film was shot in Levittown, Pennsylvania, at Jacobson Logistics Warehouse site. M Night Shyamalan has committed to using film sites in PA. The set, built on a warehouse site, includes the apartment complex and a half city block of row houses. Occasional footage was shot inside the overflow area of the warehouse. Most of the film was completed after Jacobson workout. Okay. Well, thanks for all that info. Anyway, let's get to the movie. Character error. Given the length of the words mentioned, nine across cannot touch 27 down in a crossword puzzle, as Mr. Dury says, interpreting the puzzle while story is in the shower. It would have to be at least 19 layers long to do so. Before our listeners, I want to get ahead of that fact before people get thrown off. Mm. Yeah. The purists. Yeah. Come All right. It. So it's an apartment complex yep. in Philadelphia sure. area. I mean, 43 minutes outside of it, to be exact. For sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Paul Giamatti plays... <laughs> uh, no, 43 minutes from M. Night Shyamalan's house. Yeah, we don't yeah, know where he lives. Not from the city center of Philadelphia. He lives in the Liberty Bell. <laughs> <laughs> that man bleeds yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, is the happenings... Well, we'll get to it next week. Um, so, Paul Giamatti is Cleveland Heap. Great name. Great name. What a name. Uh, what just, a heap. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Paul Giamatti was like, got the phone call and was like, oh, M. Night Shyamalan, yeah, absolutely. The lead in your movie? What's he called? Cleveland Heap. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we thought of you, he's Paul. He's not like Lance Braxton. He's <laughs> Cleveland Heap. Yeah. It's sad. He is a stuttering, sad handyman at this uh, apartment complex who everyone's kind of nice to. Yeah, but they don't seem to respect that much. They're nice in a way where it's like, oh, we feel bad for that Right. Guy. They obviously yeah. feel bad for him. Uh, and pretty much immediately, uh, pale, naked, 24-ish-year-old mm-hmm. uh, red-haired lady appears in his apartment. Yeah, first 15 minutes of the film are all these interactions yeah, of the characters he's meeting characters, up, yeah. And like, between Bob every... Balaban's moving in, yeah, stuff right, like that. Right, so you meet people through him. Mm-hmm. He says he's a film critic. Yeah. But he hates all movies. They're all predictable. He understands how all of them are going to work. They never surprise yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is some sort of weird, like, Shyamalan saying... You were. I know you were annoyed at the twist in the village or whatever, mm-hmm. right? He's like, he's doing it like a. a but I'm smarter than you are. Inaritu thing where he's like, Man. right? There's some yeah. axe grinding. Inaritu's uh, portrayal of a film critic in Birdman is sensitive and three dimensional compared to Bob Balaban in this, yeah. right? Yes. 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 In the, the ranking Lindsay Duncan of, role in of Birdman. Uh, directors creating film critic characters to shit on film and critics in film to last critics. film. Yeah. I'd go in terms of sympathy, right? Mm-hmm. I'd go. Um, the the number one is probably uh, uh, Mayor Ebert and Aid oh, Siskel in, in Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Oh yeah, uh, played oh, by Michael yeah. Lerner and somebody else. I can't remember who. Yeah, else. Yeah, the guy who plays Siskel at a certain point he quits and he goes thumbs down, two thumbs down. Yeah, and Ebert constantly wants like candy. He's yeah. like constantly eating candy because he was he's fat. fat. Oh, yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, he also dies of cancer at the end of the movie, <laughs> which was really Griffin. That's not my joke. That's Roland Emmerich. He's a fucking asshole. It doesn't happen. He saw we saw Stonewall. You think that guy wouldn't do <laughs> well, that? Well, it's funny that Roland Emmerich chose 1998 to be mad at critics. It's like, no, just wait, Roland. It's, <laughs> it's gonna get a whole lot worse. It's really. It's gonna. This is gonna bite you. Um, um, I go Godzilla, then Birdman, then or Lady. the Unexpected Virtue of Victory, then then Lady in the Water, mm-hmm. a bedtime story by Nigel. Um, it's not in the title. Um, so yeah, so pretty quickly though, let's talk about it. Oh, but there are a couple of these little interludes where it's like, no, because it's important. He's building mystery. He's building an air of aura. You go, maybe he's gonna tease this out for a long time. Yeah. Oh, there's hair in the drain. Beautiful crimson hair. Where's this from? Oh, there's a thing on a chair and it disappears. Ooh, who took it? 
and then back to three more introductions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. 15 minutes, pretty early into the film, yep. he's in his apartment. He sees a movement behind him his in the background. lovely little... Um, yeah, it's separate. Shack. Yeah, right? yeah. It's a, but nice it's a beautiful little it's house. It's off-site. Yeah. It is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, beautifully filmed by Christopher Doyle. Christopher Doyle is the cinematographer on this, and he doesn't make a lot of American movies. One of very uh, few. Yeah. Wong Kar Wai's regular cinematographer, one of the great DPs, for sure. Yeah, a man who has said that you cannot make a movie unless you've slept with a back- black woman and spent a night in jail. That's a real quote from him. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a character. Uh, David Ehrlich said some stuff on mic about him last week. He said even more stuff about him off mic mm-hmm. that I'll tell you if you didn't hear it. Uh, yeah. And uh, But anyway, great, great DP. <laughs> Great DP. A bad human being, probably. Mm. Um, So in the background, out of focus, you see this movement, and then suddenly she just appears. Right. And so... Well, no. uh, You see an arm reach up and grab a necklace or something, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then Giamatti, we see him looking at her. Right. We don't see her. There's a lot of that in this movie of weird perspective. Right, right. And then he falls in the pool... And then, so we first we oh, right. we first see her in his little house. We never see her in the fucking water. We see her arm in That's the water. That's right. He yeah. walks into his house and she's there because she's dragged him right. to safety. He right. wakes up and she's sitting there. Um, yeah, she spends the whole movie frail and weak, but she had the strength to drag Paul Pull Giamatti Johnny, uh, Paul G- out of a pool. Joel Giamatti. Joel Giamatti. That's our new name for him. And it should be pointed out that she did this while nude. While well, nude. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there yep. is that weird sequence. Yeah, that thing where it sort of cuts to them just on the couch together. Four honesty points, Ben. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ben was yeah. just for the listener at home. Ben was tapping me on the back, holding up his hands, like, "Come on, give me some credit." Ben was really right. proud that he pointed out that she was I, naked. I want to point out that I think we've been talking for an hour and we're on like the first act of this movie. This episode's going to be seven hours. Right, there's so much right. to discuss. Um, uh, but, but yeah, but yes. But what's special about her? One, she's naked. Two, she's played she's, by Bryce Dallas Howard. She's played by three. He he's not stuttering. Yeah, right. immediately. Immediately. Four, she's a nerf. <laughs> She's a narf. We didn't mention that. She is a narf. She's a narf. Of all the made-up names in the world for a beautiful sea creature, (laughs) he came up with narf. Yes, he came up with the refrain that Pinky does in Pinky and the Brain. Everyone knows that term. It's true. That's what you think of when you think of narf. I can just see him being interviewed about this movie. I don't know. It just came to me. Meanwhile, (laughs) that's playing in the background. Yeah, cut to. Even Thundercats. Snarf. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this film is a direct sequel to Thundercats. We should oh, make absolutely. that clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From the orange hair on down. I mean, it's just... Yeah. I do think I read... I found online an early draft of the script, and there were some alts for that for that name. Did you uh, really? Know? Reptar was one of them. Right. Uh, Zoinks <laughs> was another one. I'm a Zoinks. Scooby. <laughs> yeah, she was originally going to identify self-identify as a Scooby snack. It's um, a Velma in the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he is... A little surprised, but pretty quickly accepts. This yeah, whole movie is people quickly accepting that yeah. this crazy thing is happening in their swimming pool. But right. there's not even a lot of movies do the thing where someone freaks out for a second and then accepts it quickly. Right. He never freaks out. He just goes like, uh, And I think the shorthand Shyamalan's trying to do is the, the stutter thing. And it kind of works. It's like the one thing in this movie I kind of bought where he's like, I'm not stuttering. When she's around, he no longer sounds like Speed Buggy. <laughs> yes, that works. But also, uh... he doesn't go like, who are, what are you? No, 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 yeah, there's not a lot. She's an arf. There's a scrunt outside. 
uh, which is a where wolf. But we learn about these things. A grassy Do we, wolf? I forget grassy. if we learn them first from her. So conveniently, the oh, Chinese mother and daughter. We should talk about the Chinese mother and daughter. Conveniently, they know this mythology. Is it, a, is it her grandma? I think it's her grandma. Is it her grandmother? Yeah, I think so. Well, they know them. They know the myth, or the grandmother knows the mythology that M Night Shyamalan has cooked up, right? Somehow, so she. This becomes is like this an old Chinese font folk tale. of exposition uh, and explanation. That, yes, that but the, in translation only. Right. Yeah. So that's. But I don't remember if she, if Bryce Dallas Howard, if story is her name. If she if, tells very little. Right. Yeah. She doesn't say much. Right? Uh, she barely she has speaks like six in this lines film. In the movie. It's yeah. true. Yeah. She must have been quite perplexed by this whole process, and she seems like someone who really throws herself into uh, whatever she's doing. Right. You guys were talking about Manderley last week. Uh, yeah. We were talking about Manderley. Yeah. Uh, this is off of Manderley, isn't it? She, she done Manderley between this and the village. Uh, y- yes, yes, yes. I, I think Manderley so. came out earlier this year. She'd spent some yeah. time in uh in Denmark, being um, abused. So uh, yep, yeah, and I'm correct. And she'd also made As You Like It, the Kenneth Branagh flop that aired on HBO. Yeah, because it was yeah. Uh, here are three relevant IMDb trivia facts. One, and I think she booked Spider Man Three before this came out. I believe so as well. Yeah. Anyway. One, M Night Shyamalan delighted after he discovered unknown Cindy Chung, who is. Either the third or fourth lead, depending on where you rank Shyamalan, I would say. uh, Was shocked to hear that her agent demanded $1 million for her role in the film. Good for that agent. If my client is going to be so debased (laughs) throughout this film, it's worth it. That is audacious. Uh, Do you think she got it? Knight was prepared to pay the SAG minimum, $65,000. Sure. Uh, news to me that that's the minimum. Uh, and <laughs> Five bucks in a sandwich has been what HBO that's, paid you that's every the week. Newman wage. Yeah, that's my quote, is a handshake <laughs> and someone telling that they're proud of me in the voice of my father. Um, uh, they settled for $100,000. Well, I mean, Chamlin got the best of that one. I'm that's more than say. I make in a week, so that's, that's pretty good. Okay. Just about. Just about. Yeah. Fact two. M. Night Shyamalan's wish list for his various male supporting roles mm. included names such as... De Niro. Pacino. <laughs> well, <laughs> you think you're joking. Pacino, though, in this. Any role, especially the Narf. Narf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like, I must grunt! All right, Crossword puzzles! <laughs> That's a segment we should bring back, which is Pacino, Pacino playing Pacino He plays the Chinese granddaughter. <laughs> yeah. And grandmother. Yeah. 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 It's called Pacino Plays It is the segment. <laughs> Uh, it's a bedtime song. Oh no, 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 no! You're cutting Milky that out. Cookies. You're cutting that out. You're cutting that out. No, saying that it. is unacceptable. Bedtime story. Oh boy. M Night Shyamalan's wish list for his various male supporting roles. So you're role. alleging that Al Pacino is a racist. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you're doing. You don't have the cover of George Lucas's shitty racism. I do. That's how fucking Pacino would play it. It's not my choice. That's <laughs> how Pacino would play the segment. He plays, dictates it. He plays the part as written, and that's how it's written. That's also how Pacino talks all the fucking time. Anyway, go on. I am Al Pacino. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Included names such as. <clears throat> No bits from here on out, okay? Yeah. I didn't like that bit. I want to be on the record. Not a bit. Mm-hmm. All right, go on. William Hurt. The Big Hurt. Sure. He'd just been in the village. Sidney Poitier. Okay. <laughs> Not making a lot of movies at that point in his career. Chris Cooper. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gene Wilder, <laughs> who had not made a film in 15 years at that point. But has red hair. Has red hair. <laughs> He's going to be the lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the joke I was going to make. Congratulations. Five comedy points for getting it to, uh, before me. Thanks. Terrence Howard. Okay, sort of right around Hustle and Flow time. It was 05, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Uh, Alec Baldwin. He would have been good. 
Vince Vaughn. I'm noticing something about all of these names. Hmm. They're all men. Oh! It did say his various male supporting roles. Oh, okay. I think Bryce Hallad had the part from the, Bryce from the get-go. Bryce Hallad? Bryce Hallad. <laughs> she Hallad the part. Yeah. I think she had the part from the get-go, and all the other female roles in this film are grossly Tova Felcha lived in the apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like... Just... They built it around yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. She was like the Lorax. <laughs> She was living in a stump of a tree. It's crazy. I... She woke up one morning and she was in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. And then at the end, she kicked herself in the behind and flew into the sky. <laughs> she was also voiced by Danny DeVito. That was a good, that was a deep Lorax cut right there. Okay, all right, all right, guys. We're there feeling are a little weird silly of trees in that film. Um, did I get through the rest of the list? Forrest Whitaker and Don Cheadle. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, it's a diverse so he was, list. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good. But it didn't that didn't pan out. Not really. I mean, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. He made he got Jeffrey Wright in this movie, and we've noted before that he doesn't uh, he hadn't had a lot of diversity in his films up until this point. This, this is film his is most much diverse film. Yeah, to its discredit. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work out for him really. To the yeah. Glaring <laughs> two stereotypes. Yep. Yeah. 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 And well, you know what? I mean, no, nothing's great. Even the characters like this. Nothing's this are, great. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's go on. I have one more uh, short fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, M Night Shyamalan was in talks with Philip Seymour Hoffman for an unspecified role. Hoffman, despite the fact, get ready to cry, that he, quote, loved the script, liked the role, had scheduling conflict. Mm. What right. would that have been, I wonder? Uh, he was going to take a shit that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hoffman was going to be the guy in the bathroom. Yeah. The whole movie, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. In okay. all seriousness, he probably, Balaban, right? That's possible, I suppose. I mean, Hoffman won an Oscar the previous year. Like, yeah, but Sean Wong was clearly aiming high. He was trying to get Gene Wilder out of retirement. <laughs> like, he didn't think any role. Orson Welles. Laurence <laughs> Olivier. <laughs> All right. Chuck <laughs> Okay, so this lady shows up mm-hmm. from the water, yeah. though we don't see her in the water. The titular lady in the water, let it be said, if that yeah. wasn't clear to our listeners. Her name is Story. Yeah. Interesting. Very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's interesting this to know that in fucking the, that, that in the blue world, they're just like pretentious. Like they're like basically like they name they give their kids like celebrity. Yeah, kids it's names. all Paltrow's. Like in, her in the blue siblings world. are pilot inspector, <laughs> yeah. audio science Sasaman. Have I ever told you that I met pilot inspector? No, that's amazing. Good kid, good kid. Oh, that's cool. Good it kid, was bad such role. A bummer. Bad role. That's why you spin off podcast is good kid, bad role. I talk about good kids and bad movies. Um, yeah, and I get a, uh, put on a, uh, a watchdog list. Um, so. Welcome to my podcast about kids. What what happens? Kids I like. Guys, I have a question. I have a question for you. I have a question. Griffin's kids I like. Kids I got my eye on. Griffin, enough about the kids. Today we're talking about boys. God damn it. Uh, I have a question. Yes. What happens in the rest of this movie <laughs> after she shows well, so up? So basically, he turns on. Yeah, the, no ben, idea. Ben is shrugging what his shoulders. Yeah. Happens. He turns on the old Chinese lady and she starts. <laughs> Spouting the story, she does right? in yeah. dribs and drabs. There's yeah. and it, uh, we should talk about how about halfway through the movie because the Chinese lady is like, oh yeah, like there's. Uh... She seems a little reticent at first to divulge this myth, and then the granddaughter's like, well, you you need to appear more innocent to my grandmother because she's used oh, to yeah. telling this story to children. Yeah. Paul Giamatti then just starts like gets milk all over his beard and <laughs> rolls around on a couch in front of her. You know, like, a milk mustache like kids do. <laughs> I believe yeah. I have a screenshot of it because I was so horrified. <laughs> yeah, that's good I'll, for the I'll dig that up. Um, um, and that was an IDV trivia fact that the amount of milk on his mustache changes per 
per every time they cut. Right. Which I think is notable because it's like they didn't even try to keep up continuity. It felt like every new take, M. Night was like, let's throw some more milk on there. There wasn't <laughs> just, enough. Let's not just enough milk. Really, really play with the space, you yeah. know? <laughs> the space on your upper lip. But if the guy with one big arm was not your an indication enough, this scene with the milk is the indicate that this movie is like off the rails bonkers. Guys, it's yes. A bedtime story. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's a bad bedtime story. Bedtime story is usually very clear, one singular narrative, you know, no B stories, just kind of like like a very simple arc that you it's can follow. It's just Tova Felcha. <laughs> yeah, they should have cut everything around her. Like, just yeah. this should have been the Tova Felcha story start to finish. I'll say, uh, my father used to tell bedtime stories to my brother and I. We shared a bedroom until we were like uh, 11 or something. Same with me and my brother. Bunk beds. And my father used to come and tell a bedtime story. My brother was only interested in sports, and I like cartoons and, and comedy and stuff. So my father would come in every night and off the dome, M. Night style. You didn't see him getting a fucking picture deal off of this. But M. Night style, he'd come and he'd sit on the floor and he'd try to tell a story that weaved together our two interests. And he had a really good formula, which is let me pick an athlete and then we pick a really cartoonish characteristic. So it'd be like Harry the hot dog. And it'd be a guy who looked like a hot dog and he wore a jacket and everyone thought it was a bun and they made fun of him. And then right. it turned out he was good at wrestling because his body was so skinny that he could wiggle, wiggle out anything. Sure. It was always something like that. Okay. Like Big Ears or Eric. Okay, Griffin. And then he was good at hockey. Yeah. This movie is like M. Night bought the rights to every story my father ever told and told them simultaneously. It's like people who have one weird tick and one thing they're good at doing. Right. And yes. they're not necessarily connected. No. They just have a weird characteristic and one skill right. that comes in play perfectly. Right. But but actually, in a way, they don't come. I mean, I guess they figure it out by the end, like how they're all supposed oh, to be. You're right. Seventy five percent of them don't work right. at all. Right. Like Mary Beth Hurt poor, spends the second half of the movie thinking she's, she's the, the healer, healer yes. and then she's just some old lady. And no, she's <laughs> like, like, no. Oh, it turns anyway. Well, yeah. right. So that I guess the next yeah. major thing that happens is story is like I'm here to find a specific writer who's going to write a really important book, right? right? And Paul Giamatti then goes around. Just crashing into people's apartments going like, uh, you're writing a book or something? You know, like just asking everyone yeah. sort of randomly like, you're yeah. writing anything? Well, you're writing there, any papers, there are, lady? <laughs> there are these characters who are the smokers and they're like a weird age like, range of men who yeah. all live together and it, just smoke cigarettes. There's like a beat generation guy. Shit, there's yeah. like a flower guy. There's right. like, you know, there's someone from like every- Like it's M. Night Ward nominee Jared, Jared yeah. Harris. Yeah. yeah. It's M. Night Shyamalan imagining what it was like to hang out with the cool kids in college that he maybe <laughs> never got to hang out with. I don't know. But it's like this weird conception of like, they're like music posters and cigarettes and, right. you know. But they um, are, they do range in age from like 18 to 55. Right. And yeah. at one point he d- just straight up is like, do you guys write? Have you written anything lately? Right. With ne- having never established that they were writers before. But they got ideas, man. And then it turns <laughs> out that his friendly uh, Indian tenant, uh, pl- who's uh, a Vic, Vic Ran, right. played by M. Night Shyamalan in his largest role, apart from Praying with Anger, to date. Yeah. Uh, who lives with his sister. He doesn't get cast a lot outside of M. Night Shyamalan films. This you know? would be his second largest role. You're right. I was trying to think of other movies that M. Night Shyamalan appears in as an actor, and I think this is the second largest role. He's writing a book called The Cookbook. Right. Yeah. Which, here's the thing. Cleveland Heap sees the book and goes, ah, oh, fuck, it's a cookbook. It's the, the weirdest moment in the movie. Yeah. And but then, then five that, minutes later, it's and then he's like, the immediate following scene. Yeah. And I think the <laughs> yeah. idea is he's yeah. supposed to be like, oh, how am I going to ask now? Because he's sort of secretly sneaking a look at this book that Vic is sort of like, ah, nobody read my book. It's right. a piece of shit. Right. And then he's like, oh, it's called the cookbook. Now I have to clarify whether or not this is a cookbook. He's how like, am I going to do that? Hey, I don't know what I'll do. Hey, yeah, hey but, is it a cookbook? Uh, yeah. No? Back, Great. Back I, I, I was uh, using my ladder and then the ladder knocked into <laughs> yeah. the book and the book opened up. 
and I saw that it was called the cookbook. Is that which once again we're not making fun of people with stutters. We're making fun of Cleveland Heath. Yeah, but you still your Al Pacino thing still a great shame to this podcast. Also, I feel like if you were the super great, I did not want you to do more of that. If you were the super of a building. Wouldn't you kind, if you were as involved as he is, you would kind of know if someone was fucking making a cookbook, right? Because Ends they'd be cooking all the time. It's true that you would, you would, you might have heard a complaint about exotic smells, right? So, right. There you go. I don't know. It just that doesn't track for me. But the reason he's seeking this writer out is the writer's going to change the world. But it's uh, a bit. It's, it's long winded. Is there her job as someone from an emissary from the blue world is to be in the presence of that person? Basically infuse them with inspiration and mm-hmm. meaning, it, described as pins and needles feeling, mm-hmm. and then she can re- go home. But she's being... She can go home on the wings of a giant eagle, but unfortunately there's a scrunt in the yep. backyard, <laughs> which is a grassy wolf that you can't look at unless you are a specific person. The guardian. The guardian. And, and then all you can do is look at them. And <laughs> then you gotta look at and, them. And she assumes that... Uh, Paul Giamatti, that uh, Cleveland is this figure. Of course. And there's a tense sequence in which it appears he is, and then it turns out he isn't. Yeah. And she's and, like, oh, run the, away. He's moving forward. The Scrunt's motivation is never established, right? Uh, it, not, not so much. They're just, they're just bad. <laughs> and there are also like weird monkey creatures that supposedly can help her out, but they're, yeah. they can't show up till later. I don't no. know why the weird monkey creatures are even involved. Look cool. This, these creatures were designed by Crash McCreary, who also did all the. Um, uh, monster pirates in the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the, like the, the fishy monster, oh, like Bill cool. Nye, like Davy yeah. Jones and everyone. <laughs> right. He's good at designing. Yeah, uh, Davy Jones, thing. very cool character yeah. design. Yeah. yeah, like Octopus Man. Yeah, yeah. and Stellan Skarsgård is like a lobster. <laughs> I believe you're talking about yeah. Bootstrap Bill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a good uh, skill at remembering names of things I don't like. Okay. Um. So I, I rewatching the introduction for the fourth time after watching the whole movie. Mm. This was the one idea I was able to get across clearly. Was they say that like in the past there was a very clear channel between right. the blue world and the green world. I guess you know or whatever sure. our fucking world the brown is called. world the brown world our world of duty and. <laughs> The blue world, when they were able to communicate with us, the stream of conversation led to a better society. Oh, I see. And that's been cut off. And we that's became part of the more problem. obsessed with the land. We started right. building that's things. That's right. That's right. So we there's closed this sort of off. very vague environmental message. Well, it used to be like it was just a constant back and forth. And right. now that it's become so disjointed, a guy needs to write a book that can change everything in one film. Apparently, a, influence... a Midwestern orator will read this book. It will be on the bookshelf of a boy. And they'll tell him. They'll be like, hey, this book's pretty good. They say a book he keeps on hearing about. Right. And right. he's going right. to, not right. to spoil anything, but he's going to read that book. But then also someone's going to assassinate M. Night Shyamalan yeah. over this. Yeah, because you because know, Story can see the future. Sure. Sort of, somehow. Uh, he, he, that she can't see herself being carried away by the eagle or how that happens. Yeah, but, and, and she can't under- explain why these monkeys who are her protectors are apparently just not, not doing there. that. Yeah. Right. Uh, but M. Night says, like, he keeps on saying, like, this book just, like, all the thoughts I have, leaders and stuff. And then later in the oh, film, oh yeah, I wrote that line down. It's, yeah, yeah, oh please, please, yeah. please, please read it. dramatic um, reading. Hold on, no, I mean I don't think I wrote the whole thing down, but um, uh, oh fuck, I can't find. Oh oh yeah, just my thoughts on all the cultural problems, thoughts on leaders and stuff. Yeah, I yeah, believe perfect. that is the whole line. all the cultural yeah. problems, all yeah. the cultural problems. And this is twenty two and oh six, so 
a lot of cultural problems. Yeah. You know, we're in the midst of the sort of W. Bush culture wars. And right before that, I wrote, he can't cook, question mark, question mark, exclamation point, because the way that Cleveland figures out that it's not a cookbook is he mentions like, oh, I, can, I can't, you know, I, can, I can't make anything. And he's like, and then like Paul Giamatti slowly turns around and it's like, oh, it's not a cookbook. Right. That's it's right. Really, I forgot really about that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a twist. Like you say, this film is loaded with twists. That happens 85 seconds after the, the idea <laughs> right. was set up. So she tries to leave. Having met, she meets M. Night pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, they introduce her. Can I just put out one thing before? Th- no, because I think- What? Th- just say it. M. Night, so M. Night has this later line where he says to her, he's like, you know, I gotta say, like, you mentioned things happening in the future, and then I, you know. Or you said the boy, the, that's what he, he goes, this fucking boy who would change the world, why wouldn't he come out and try to meet me if he read the book? I'm not alive when the kid reads the book, huh? And she's, like, silent, and he's like, you know, I say a lot of stuff in this book, things- I don't know how people are going to react. A lot of stuff about Jews. He never even <laughs> begins to explain what he says in the book, just that it's a lot of ideas and that people are going to react strongly to it. Mm. There is no clear point that he's no. not just an anti-Semite. Like, the there's book could no, just be there's kill no point all the Jews. It, uh, which he it explains where he falls. Guarantee on you, it's, it's men's rights. One hundred percent. Listen to me now. Yep. This book is read by the Return of Kings guy uh, ten An years later. An eagle flies out of the sky and drops a fedora <laughs> on his head. He predicts in the book in two thousand. This book is. I hope they serve beer, beer in hell. And he is playing Tucker Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, he predicts in the book that ten years hence, Ghostbusters will be remade with an all female <laughs> yeah, cast. Yeah, right. exactly. no, that, that's the that's inciting incident. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is yeah. not my <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> that's like the Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. You're like, yeah, okay. Um, so then she tries to leave. She gets attacked by the scrunk. Only attack her legs. Uh, yeah, rips her legs. Uh, you know, she's her. She seems to be weakening throughout, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. unclear. I thought they just had to throw her in the pool and she would be revived. No, <laughs> toss her in the pool. Doesn't happen. And she's going from like a Brace Dallas Howard color palette to like a Mia Vasakowska color palette. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like she right. starts yeah. getting like drained. She, by yeah. the end, she's Tilda Swinton in Narnia. <laughs> yes. Now, so she explains. Oh. Problem with the scrunt? Easy. We just need a symbologist, a guardian, a guild, and a healer. Wait, can we talk for a second about this when he goes swimming in the pool? Uh, sure, yeah. He yeah, has yeah. To, what does he have to do? He has to go. Oh, to I totally her, forgot about this. He has sequence. to get her sand. He has to get oh, her oh, like she has a magic a item. She has a yeah. healing clay. So he swims into the pool. And I wrote down um, Shelly Winters and Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah, goes yeah. a long way. He holds his breath holds for, his breath a, for like a champion diver, like mm. a pearl diver level. And he figures that he's a super of a building who, who was a, what was he? What was his profession before his, his family tragedy? Guy. He was a doctor. A doctor. He was a doctor. So he figures out this crazy breathing technique underwater where he like finds an air pocket and it's kind of MacGyvery. Right. We, I'm sorry. We have to talk about this. Yeah. Cleveland Heap used to be a doctor. One night when he was working, D- Dr. Heap. someone broke into his house and murdered his wife and children, yep. much like the crime in Unbreakable. Yes, yeah. yeah. And like every other M. Night Shyamalan film, because you think he's avoiding it up until the point of this reveal, is about a man who spends too much time in his career and lets his relationship to his wife and or children fall away in some sort of fashion. Mm. Yeah. And this was so bad. Yeah. This is the one film where he lost his family entirely, and it was mm. his fault. Right. Right? right. He right. thinks. He thinks. If he had been there, if he hadn't right. been working. He blames himself, sure. Right. Right. And after that, he developed a stutter and decided to run a building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and as has, anyone would. Because you know, the characteristics you of You know a what's definitely, like, no. not a stressful job is being the only super at, like, a 16-story apartment building. And a fucking <laughs> job where you have to communicate with people all yeah, the like, time, a, even though words <laughs> are fucking impossible for you to get out of your mouth. Like a 350-unit building. Like, it's yeah. absolutely demented. Full of crazy people. And truffle of trees. <laughs> and Tova Felches. And the swimming pool is a portal to another world. Yes! <laughs> 
So, oh, right, that too. Yeah, <laughs> that they mentioned that in the Corcoran listing. Okay, so so she <laughs> blue world adjacent. He gets the clay. He unscrews the drain at the bottom of the pool. Oh, he dives yeah, underneath. Yeah. He finds clay on a shelf. Yeah, he rubs it on her legs. And let's not forget also that they consult grandma to figure out how to heal her too. Because mm-hmm. yes, you know right. she yeah. provides all that information. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a crazy yeah. scene where he's on the phone with the granddaughter while she's at the club. Oh yeah, right. and she's like, "Hold on, let me call my grandmother." And then she like relates the story. It's very bizarre. <sighs> I don't know why he chose to write this thing where like yeah, it's where, all where like it all third has to hand be in translation. Like, yeah, 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 it's very strange. It's like the scene in the Last of the Mohicans where Daniel Day Lewis has to have the British guy speak French to the Native Americans who only speak French. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I, I, I recently will, watched last night. I'd like to say, though, the choice of having them always yell at each other really, yeah, re- oh, really cements yeah, so the sort good. of like uh, dimensionality and like, you know, like uh, thought that went into like p- portraying these people like, you know, as like not stereotypes at all. Right. No. Uh, Gruff's rewrite station. Here's a quick fix I would do on this movie, okay? Mm. Rather than have it be... It'd be funny if your quick fix was all white people. <laughs> oh, God. This is the one movie where... Anyway, no, go Pacino on. plays everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quick rewrite corner. Uh, rather than have it be a, a old bedtime story that apparently is only passed along one family line, mm. why not have it be like a fucking Hans Christian Andersen, like some sort of tale that we all sort of know... And right. everyone's trying to remember together. I guess so. but I mean, and, and rather than use all these different terms that make it confusing to follow, why not just go, like, in the story, there's always one who protects, are you kidding one me? who understands, right. rather you than going, like, the symbologist. Narf, Scrunt, Tartuix, Symbologist, Guardian, Guild, Healer. What is so hard about this? Uh, yeah. Blue World, the Guild, Ogdensires. <laughs> Well, I think if, I mean, <laughs> to learn Ogden's Yeah, like he was just like, oh, well, J.K. Rowling did it. I can do it. People, people will learn this, right? And we should. He wanted to direct a Harry Potter movie. He always talked about it. He always said he wanted to do it. With Obviously, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, he was kept away from it. Yeah, and uh, that would have been that would have been something. Night <laughs> on Harry Potter movie. Well, he got to his kids franchise later. Two two entries to go, guys. Yeah, wait, yeah, wait, wait for that one. He tried um, to do two kids franchises back to back. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway. Okay, so th- they set up all these different roles. That so there needs to be, needs to be all these different people. Bryce House Howard tells him that they exist but cannot explain who they are. Yeah, this she's... is an order for the for the fucking eagle to come. Is that what it is? <laughs> I, I, it's, let me see that. It's really uh, unclear why they're doing this process of like finding also, the— how'd she get in the pool in the first place? I thought she it was She came up like... through the cave. Right, so can't you go back through the cave? Did the door close? No, you have to fly back to the water. You can't swim. That's back right, to because the water. water's in the sky. That makes perfect <laughs> right. sense. So, so anyway, the, the, when a giant this, eagle carries you back to the water, what's not clear about duh. the crux of the movie is he goes to Bob Balaban and says, "Like you know all about movies and stories, and stories, yeah." So, who do you think like the symbologist would be? And he goes, for of, example, of course I do. Movies are predictable. I've never seen anything that surprises yeah, me. I hate like, all films. I just saw a rom com. It sucked. They kissed in the rain. Who likes these movies? You know, he has like a lot of a lot of access. I, I to guess grind. you could say it's about a, a spiritual rebirth. Giamatti says, like, what if it's like the rain is uh, is a metaphor cleansing, to represent their right. cleansing? And he goes, like, no, absolutely not. Like, he's a film critic who doesn't believe in reading into films, which means he is not any film critic in history. <laughs> right. Uh, Other than Lou no, Liminick, he's, he's Lou Liminick. He's no action Jackson. I'll Likes camera action Jackson. Likes camera Jackson. Thank you. Likes camera Jackson. What is his actual? His name is Jackson. Jackson. Right. That's his first name. His first name is Action, but it's spelled A X Q R T U N. (laughs) The toast of Albany. Uh, um, So Balaban says it's probably someone who likes puzzles. By the way. That's perfectly good advice. It's not like some film critic asshole thing to say. It's like, who do you think the symbologist might be? Right. What's he supposed to say? Like, Robert Langdon. Well, I, you know, you should watch out for a kid who looks at cereal boxes. Also, the way he poses the question is like, he doesn't go like, 
hey, you watch a lot of movies, you understand how stories work. If there was someone who needed to solve something, who do you think, how do you think you could figure out? And he says, like, the character would usually be set up at the beginning of the film with innocuous dialogue so they plant your brain, which is, like, what he does in the first 15 minutes. But he goes, like, if there needed to be a symbologist, who do you think it would be? Like, he presents them to Balaban with the proper titles that were given to him. And he goes, oh, a symbologist is in the Scrunt story, uh, probably Jeffrey Wright down the hall. He's a big enough yeah. actor that you wouldn't hire him to only do that one scene at the beginning. He, a skeptical film critic, accepts the premises of the movie as immediately as anyone the character else. character <laughs> makes no fucking sense because he's no. everything he hates. Right. But I, I think Balaban's pretty good I in do the too. Role. I think Balaban's he's really good. good. There's, yeah, he's always good. Yeah. He's very good at just pursing his lips, you yeah. know, like, and not talking. Like, mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he communicates a lot. There's an irony also to Bob Balaban playing a film critic, which is the filmmaker trying to get back at film critics, when Bob Balaban is, like, the ultimate film critics actor. Like, he's the kind of Absolutely. actor that all critics are like, God, I always love Balaban. Yeah, more Balaban, if anything. He's always like an audience surrogate for film critics because it's like, that guy looks smart and he's observing his surroundings. So, (laughs) like, that's a Balaban type. Right. But, like, so they they assemble these people. So the potheads are the guild. Yeah, they got to have Jeffrey Wright's the symbologist. The butterfly lady, played by Mary, not Kate, Mary Beth 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 Hurt, is the healer. Correct. And the the guardian, she thinks, is Giamatti. Cleveland Heap. Right. Dr. Heap. Uh, this doesn't work out. Absolutely not. It's in but fact what doesn't a calamity. Work out. But what doesn't? That's what I'm. The, the eagle scrunt charges. <laughs> the scrunt charges. The eagle doesn't come. That's the that's the problem. That's the problem. Okay. And then they all kind of gather and they try to do like a practice. Well, there's a bizarre scene where there's a they throw a part. Oh, they, by the way, they have she's to, mostly in the shower for the whole right. movie, she, just oh, yeah, sitting in the shower, giving sort of blinking instructions. I wanted right. to say like if you came into that out of context, that scene where it's just a group of people standing around a woman crouched in the shower, it doesn't it's look so good. fucking it creepy. Does not it's, look it's, good. The yeah. dynamic. Between Giamatti and it is the preview Price. image on Amazon. Oh, when you start and, up the video, the preview image is her in a shower, looking like she's about to be attacked. It's <laughs> yeah. it's horrifying. The dynamic between Giamatti and Howard is always creepy. There's yeah. never any like I suppose it's supposed to be it's kind both, of paternal, but, but it, it doesn't. But it's work. also sexual. It is. She's and so naked the whole fucking. She's movie. naked. Yeah. She's a grown up. Like it doesn't yeah. work at all. Whatever That's he's Ronnie going Howard's for. Kid we're talking about. This, this is this is fucking. This is Hollywood royalty. Like Ronnie right Howard's kid. Um, um, so it doesn't work, and they all figure out that they actually but, should but, be something but else. When but yes, there's trying, a big party. There, so he throw, they, they throw a party at the ostensibly to welcome the new film critic to the uh, apartment, right? Uh, yes, right. And, and he's overjoyed by the in the by party the way. scene. You get the impression that M Night Shyamalan has never been to a party. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. He's what? always <laughs> missing on the list for his own premiere parties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got right, a right. Menage Shamanam, but no M Night because that's not a real name. Uh, but no, let's let's let's. What's in this party? What do we got? Uh, there's balloons. There's some balloons. There's there's a DJ they, set indoors. Silver Tide's yeah. playing. Everyone's favorite band, Silver Tide. Right. Let's check in with Strong Arm Guy. Yeah, he's lifting on one side. Oh, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is this is the second time we've seen him in 45 minutes. He has yeah. the opening line of the film, and then he comes back at the 45 minute part. Yeah, we've heard to how lift you, a drink to his mouth. We all live in New York City. We live in apartment buildings. When you move into a new apartment building, they have a party for you always yeah. i mean that's just the and it's like you know everyone comes yeah. it's yeah. the obviously warm environment the super of all people organizes the party <laughs> of course because the I super mean, yeah. is always like a really personable guy who yeah. knows everyone and gets who along with everyone house full of west elm furniture <laughs> right. by the swimming pool and let's not give the super all the credit for throwing the party because of course he has to enlist a guild well, well, yeah, and the guild's uh, gonna be a bunch of judgmental people who scoff at everyone else who walks who around cigarettes them. and like rock music right they love throwing parties for their neighbors yeah uh, uh so 
there's a party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ostensibly to sort of smuggle her out away so from the, the scrunt. scrunt doesn't see her. The, to get some cool Silver Tide tracks on the soundtrack. The scrunt sneaks into the apartment building and savages and murders Bob Balaban. But not before Bob Balaban has weirdly torn down the movie by yeah. like sort of like this is the moment where right. it he, gets very meta. He has a monologue where he's like, "Oh, I see. You're trying to scare me with this scary scene." Well, uh, you're pointing at me, Griffin. Because this is my favorite detail in the entire film. He goes, but in a film where there has been no cursing or explicit content it's up until true. this point, a family film, they will not actually let someone be murdered on camera. Right. So I'll come, they will come close to his death, but manage to close the door just the right second. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that kids love. Well, right? I, Let's be honest. And like pointing out that you're watching a kid's movie. Bob Bellman giving a, kid... a Kevin Williamson-style monologue. <laughs> <laughs> it's an outtake from Scream. And I want to say he's saying like, yeah, huh? This is like a this is like a PG thirteen movie. Do you know why? Because someone is ripped to pieces by a wolf. Yeah. like no, even though it's off screen, it's a scrunt, David. That's fucking offensive. Can I say something? I'm You're still upset on my about, case. Yeah, I'm on You're your upset, case. I'm yeah. upset. You think all fucking scrunts are wolves and vice versa? He Kinda. makes it very clear they're not wolves. <laughs> Does he? That's he explains I, it to the fucking PA guy, and he goes like, sounds like no wolf I've ever seen. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. He's got grass fur. That's David? why I didn't like The Revenant, because in real life, Hugh Glass was attacked by a scrunt. I know. It's true. That is true. And I just feel like that was a weird detail. Well, yeah, Matt Judge thinks he was raped by a scrunt. Right, well, that's, right. I mean, well, but Hugh Glass did not have a mirror. Which yeah. you need to see the scrunts. Yeah, is yeah. that right? Uh, you you can only look at them through a mirror unless they're the guardian, and then you can look them in the eyes and make them back off. There is right. that great scene in the Revenant right. where Hugh Glass goes, "I'm a good character in a film <laughs> with an R rating who's been kind to his son so far, which means the worst you could do is just pat me on the back. You couldn't fully beast me." And then Tova Felcher shoots an arrow at him. It's <laughs> great. And that's that's it. Thank you guys. We're no. gonna get an iTunes review asking <laughs> for less. Lady in the van. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> <Lady in the laughs> van. Welcome back to Lady in the Van chat. Uh, that's a terrible movie, by the way. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it's so bad. Well, I won't yeah. see these movies after I saw My Old Lady. Lady in the Van is almost as hard to follow as <laughs> Lady in the Water. <laughs> yeah. You won't watch any film with Lady in the title and Maggie Smith in the title role. Correct. You won't. No. Did you? Did anyone else see My Old Lady? No, it was terrible. The Kevin Klein one. I advise no. you to not watch it because <laughs> okay. I value your sanity. But if you yeah. ever do watch it, um, yeah, be prepared for the most poisonously mean, toxic, horrible drama when you were expecting a hilarious like comedy about an old lady who lives in an apartment. I don't know. I can't. I would need an hour to tell you what happens to my old lady. <laughs> spin off. I. It was like being punched <laughs> yeah, repeatedly a bo- in the bonus stomach. Episode. Just David alone. <laughs> Um, just just monologuing on my old lady. <laughs> yeah. So he assigns all the people in the roles, and then it doesn't work, and he realizes that they're all wrong, and it's suddenly other people. Uh... Yeah, and then it turns out it's like, oh, the guild isn't the stoners. It's these five Mexican sisters. We're and, partying and, all the time. And a couple other people, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't, they don't have to be sisters with each other. There's seven so people Sarita, who are sisters. Sarita Shara, it's, it's, she's she counts, a sister. She's so a she sister. Counts, and that's, yeah. by the way, when I found out that she was M. Night's sister that's in the movie. Right. That, that's um, lunacy. That no, was clear for me. It's not lunacy. And, uh, and, oh, by the way, that's all discerned from cereal boxes. Um, oh, right, because oh, he's Jeffrey not the symbolist. So, so basically, their, initial, not the their initial ideas about who was who mm-hmm. are all wrong. Right, and there's a there's a there's a line or two in there where, where one of the characters like gets angry Guys, at the critics this is because what happens he in the got movie. He, his his textual read was wrong. Yeah, and they. Everyone and, in the room is like, I and can't someone's like, he it. dared to presume he knew the mind of someone else, and it's like, oh, so this is M Night Shyamalan being like, don't tell me what my motivations were for making the village. 
right. you fucker or whatever. The whole movie yeah. is they, just they act yeah. like they just said like, oh yeah, but it's because that film critic has been chopping up babies in his apartment for years. Like right. that's the level of their revulsion when they hear that he guessed maybe Jeffrey Wright was the uh, right. symbologist. It also right. feels a little like if you guys would stop guessing why I'm making the movies the way I'm making them, then maybe I'd settle down and make a movie you want to see. <laughs> well, right, exactly. No, nope, <laughs> wrong again. <laughs> So he realizes so, everything's wrong. Yeah. There's the Turns little boy. Turns out the kid's the symbologist, because, not Jeffrey Wright. Because early in the film when the father was doing the puzzle and yeah. we were distracted to look at yeah. the charisma of Jeffrey Wright, he's looking at a cereal box and going, I don't understand why this mascot looks sad, which is how I behaved as a child. And instead people went, oh, this kid has depression issues. <laughs> he's not a symbologist. But in the movie right. you'd be the symbologist. Yeah. Yes. Right. And then my uh, depression would go unchecked for years, and they just put a lot of pressure on me. Now, the Guardian turns out to be who? The guy with the big arm. Oh, of course. Uh, Ready to yeah. Of course, because he's got one big arm. What else would yeah, he be? I, and, and the healer is Paul Giamatti. Yes. Because, you know, he's got to, really, oh, yeah. so he's she's got all, to get to his own healing She's as well. all scratched up by the scrunt. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this yeah. is all in the film. But you're forgetting and my I'm, favorite just, detail. These are these details from the film. Mama and Grandma say... She said that sometimes, not all the time, but in certain tellings of the story, there are two bonus characters. Sometimes, right. but not all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two bonus characters. Yeah. One is a man who of great judgment, and, and one is a man with no secrets. But that's not canon, so I don't accept it's it. It's not canon. <laughs> yeah, right. It's EU, right? It's, it's Lady in the Water Legends, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, by the way, Disney's about to buy the Lady in the Water franchise for $2 billion. Uh, no, they aren't, as we'll talk about. Yes. Narf, the motion picture. <laughs> Narf. Narf, Narf, Origins. <laughs> A Lady in the Water story. All right, go on. Um, so the two, I don't even remember what you're talking about Yeah, right two now. bonus characters. Who A man of great judgment. Who is it? Bill Irwin. Because Bill Irwin mm, saw oh, that's right. that yep. Paul Giamatti was grieving and yeah. called him out on it and was like, it's a tough world we live in. we got to mm. keep our head up. So mm-hmm. he calls in a man. He says, I respect you greatly. And Bill Irwin stoically nods, right? Mm-hmm. right. And they go, a man with no secrets. Who has no secrets? Tova Felcher's husband because he's constantly shitting. And having his secrets told. He has another people on the other side of the door. Listening right. to him, that is the most well insulated bathroom door in the world. By the yeah. way, it's a one way door. Is loudly screaming all of his secrets right outside of it. No, but he also yells stuff back. <laughs> he at does. Her. He does. So he it's a one way door. That other people are sure. in the apartment. It's a one way door. Right. right. So they bring the two of them in, and their job is just to stand there and go, "Come on, you can do this." Right. And right. then they do it. So she's all and- banged up, and then Paul Giamatti hugs her. And starts saying, like, I'm sorry, I don't want you to die, but he's really talking to his wife, wife and children. Daughter. Now, this is something I want to say that in previous M. Night Shyamalan films would have worked. Even if it would have been cheesy, that's how right. all his other movies right. work. And he sells it. Like Mel Gibson's character has got to get over this thing. And you get it at the end. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what everything was geared towards. Not in this movie. It's barely no. a, because a plot Because we only yeah. find out yeah. the shit about his family like an hour through into the movie and it's only through Bryce Dallas Howard like sort of chatting to him about and it. And they like, drop it really fast. They don't, it, 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 there's so much going on in this film that you can't remember a detail right. like that. Because, because this throwing, film is exposition yeah. on exposition on exposition. It's like everyone's here telling their own personal stories and their legendary stories and mm-hmm. it's also, I think, and it's a legendary picture we should mention. This film was produced by a legendary picture. Correct. Right. I think it's, it's filmed in a way that's entirely illegible. Like that, that party scene, aside from the fact that Emily Chaplin's never been to a party, is like bogglingly filmed. It's like what you don't know what you're looking at. No. Things start happening, and no, should, does someone get murdered at some point? I don't know. She gets dragged off by a scrunt at some point, but yeah. you don't see that happen. You just see her kind of get dragged away. Okay. Like you don't. 
But in his defense, the reason it's so hard to follow is because Christopher Doyle was having sex with a black woman and being arrested while they were filming. That's right. That's right. You can't make a movie yeah. per Any movie. He has quote. to do it per movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I meet these young filmmakers and I go, have you slept with a black woman? Have you gotten arrested? Anyway. If so, you don't have a story to tell. If not. Okay. Uh, but the, we should talk about how there's the party, there's all the people, they all figure out their roles, mm-hmm. they hug her, and then the eagle comes and the movie's over. Like, bam. That's exactly right. It's okay. like, like, and yep. it's like, and then the eagle comes and we see the, what are they called? Tartuics? Yeah. Uh, for, for like, like two one seconds. One second. Yeah. Exactly. They look cool. I guess so. Um, I like, like the creature design. This they look like the Ents from Lord of the Rings. They look like little Ents. Yes, people. I don't think the creature design is. Good oh, the in this scrunt. Movie is I think it's really great. I think the scrunt looks terrible. I love the scrunt. That's the scrunt looks like a like a creature from a Buffy episode. Yeah, I, it, yeah. it's a okay. crappy CGI wolf I, I love with the grass scrunt. fur. I did watch it on a phone, but I think the scrunt looks good, and I in fact think that he addresses makes good on some of the sins. Of the alien and signs in this film, I think the scrunt he shoots better, designs better, does the reflection thing better. I disagree. Like the I'm going to yeah. start making a line of scrunt shirts, <laughs> scrunt but, couture. But look out for that in our uh, store. Yep, coming it, it, soon. Coming soon. A lot of merchandise coming soon. <laughs> really We're developing nice a whole word. line. Yes. So that's the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So here's a theory I'd like to present. People like to rag on M Night for doing twists all the time. Uh-huh. I think if he doesn't have a twist at the end of his movie, he doesn't understand how to end a movie. <laughs> sure. Because Signs does the same thing where it just ends. Right. It's, at least Signs has the jump forward, like it's very badly done, but it has that time jump. But the jump forward lasts all of 15 seconds. I know. It's, it's, it's one it's, shot. Yeah. And it's the same <laughs> yeah. thing where someone holds onto a body, heals them through the power of prayer, right. and then the movie gives you one image and it's and done. it's written and directed and produced. The and- final image is rather pretty. The shot of Giamatti through the water. Oh, yeah. That's the final image. There's some pretty shots in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think, I will say, in the movie's defense, um, the scenes, despite all the clunky, like, what the fuck is a symbologist, all the terms are horrible. But the scenes where they're, like, a bunch of grown-ups basically doing what kids do, which is sort of, like, play act and and make-believe. And assigning each other, yeah. And, and, like, organize in that way. I think that's thrilling. And I think it's, like, a movie that was actually about that and done well would be, like, really cool to watch. Simplified. If that's the thing he was trying to say and he There's a couple scenes like that 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 work. Like, adult make-believe. It's it's cool. Guys like Jeffrey Wright are good at that. Like, they're good at kind of spouting, like, stuff about, like, the source code. Like, and you're just like, okay, sure. You know, I buy it. We've talked a lot about Shyamalan, whether or not the scenes work on a dramatic level. His sort of mise-en-scene is really good, where he has these great environments. He puts great actors in them. I would say it's usually, I don't think it's as good in this movie, though. Like, I didn't have as good a sense of the But even in this film, there are these moments where he just has a fucking wonner. He doesn't care if you're seeing the back of one actor's head. Yeah, he, and you get to watch yeah. eight good actors in a room play off each other without cuts. And there's like an energy there. Sure. Whether or not that energy is being applied to something that we appreciate. It's like Guy is a confident director in yeah. a way that is assuring to watch. Yeah. It's just like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the experience of making the movie was, is much different than watching it. Like, like, I don't know. They probably shot out of sequence. Like it probably made sense to them in the way that it, those games make sense to kids, you sure. know. I'm sure it was like, yeah, we're gonna do this, and then it just, but it just, so there's, uh, there's like art there, there's intent and effort, but like, oh, the final product is, I think it's a really, really bad. Movie. I, I agree, and it's yeah. in service of a story that is not like, all right, Griffin, you're smiling. I like this movie a lot. Oh uh, my, it's what not do you, good. What do you actually, yeah, what do you like, actually about like about it? Okay. Beside what you just said, I, which I, I agree cannot, with. I cannot argue that this movie is good. Yeah. I will not attempt to. Uh huh. And I admit that I have a near sexual fetish. For super ambitious, misguided failures. I don't think this film is that ambitious. I think, oh, I think what he's trying to do in this film is insane. 
Really? He's I just think trying he, to build a whole mythology. He I mean, is, but I mean, very half-heartedly, and like it's a very simple mythology. Well, and he's also putting the mythology in a film that otherwise doesn't feel like a mythology movie. I guess so. I also think, like, I mean, th- these are my two big reads on this movie, okay? One is, all in my Shyamalan films are Crisis of Faith movies, right? Absolutely, We've realized sure. that at this point. Right. Which is fascinating. And I, I think it's fascinating that all in my Shyamalan films are about um, uh, family, home life, relationships being fucked up. You know, men who are weighed down by too many things well, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and don't appreciate their wife enough. Right. And Crisis of Faith movies. Uh, that are almost always Catholic, if not heavily Christian in bed, right? M. Night Shyamalan is Hindu, yeah, but he went to a Catholic school, so he absorbed all that, as it married to the same woman since he was 20 years old. Sure. So unless their marriage is very contentious, it feels <laughs> like he's picked this as his story themes without them being the things he relates to, because he seems to be pretty centered you're, spiritually. You're balabanding right now. You're, you're ascribing a lot of motivation. Well, I, I find this fascinating, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know, yeah. but I find it fascinating that it doesn't feel like... I don't think this is a very Catholic movie. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Now, this is the one where spirituality becomes a lot more I mean, abstract. He gets a Pieta in there, though, I mean, at he the does. end. You know, he does. So. It's true. Yeah. It's true. No, but the thing that... The <laughs> Giamatta Pieta. This is yeah. the thing I think is really ambitious about this movie. I'm not saying it works. I would argue that most of this movie doesn't work. I think there are like two things in this film that work. I don't think anything but works. But somehow, the, the ambitious of it, and, and, and the fucking lunacy of it, I mean, I like a movie that's this crazy, that fundamentally sure. should not work. I'm not surprised when it doesn't work because I'm like, yeah, but you, you swung for the fences. He swung away, you know? Um, <sighs> I, 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 go on, go the on. The spirituality I think he's into in this film is he felt so wounded by everyone starting to hate his movies uh-huh. that he made a movie to try to, rather than make a film about the character reclaiming his own sense of faith, Get the audience to believe in him again oh, as a storyteller. Oh, wow. oh, I'm not wow. saying this is a sympathetic mission, but no. it's a crazy idea for a fucking movie. Is he made a movie that's like everyone calm down, act like a child, and just love a story? Just right. sit down, drink a glass of milk, right, but it's and love, love a story. story with me at the center, which is weird. Which is lunacy. I don't think it's, it's lunacy. I think it's stupid. I'm not commending him for this. I'm saying I find it. But you are commending him. I'm saying I enjoy watching. <laughs> All right. It. I'm not attributing any positive or negative qualities to I it. I give I'm this saying, movie one star. I give this movie 27 stars. <laughs> so, but I'm curious because your great project here is not just about *Lady in the Water*. It's about his oeuvre. It's true. Figuring so out him. Yeah. This you guys have said in previous episodes. Uh, I am a dedicated listener. Thank you. That this. The, the village marks something of a turning point because it's when the kind of the bloom fell off the rose really for him, right? Like people didn't like that it's movie. It's the first real serious backlash he's faced, so right? So this movie, Lady in the Water, is what solidified his downfall? Is I that what we Dynamited think? his career and into smithereens. this is when his movies start feeling scared. Not only- They stop right. being scary and they start feeling like a films, films of a right. man who's trying to hold on to what he has. Let's right. also remember, this is not only the film that dynamites his career- in terms of, like, it is a bad movie that everyone hates. It's a film that ruins his industry reputation because of his, like, well-publicized freakout at Disney for not buying the movie. Okay. And, and the then it book, didn't do well. The Man Who Heard Voices. And, like, it is where M. Night Shyamalan, who is top-billed in this movie on the poster, as yeah. he had always been, yeah. is, like, really, like, torn down at every sort of angle. Right. And it's the movie where he is martyring himself That's in exactly the movie. Right. Yeah, it is like yeah. the perfect conflagration. I can't think yeah. of a more spectacular like director blow up, right? I want to read a like novel Vincent Gallo, or, 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 or <laughs> I want to read a nonfiction novel about the making of this movie. And there like, is what? one. There is there one. Is. Yes, it's, it's called, called the, man the Man Who Heard, Heard Voices. Voices. So this, okay. is, this is for our listeners. This is the brief backstory on this. Film, I have right? never read, it. but it's about Lady in the Water. Yes, uh, yes. Okay. I mean, I think it's about M Night, but it's sort of centered on Lady in the who Water. Who wrote it? 
Some journalist. So, so he at this point. Night M. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Heap. The movie before this, he commissioned The Buried Secret of M. Night Shyamalan, which was a mockumentary about that people trying in. to investigate him. That was my first acting job that was right. almost entirely cut out of. But we will watch it some later date. I have bought it on DVD. I have never seen it in my life. Okay. But I did cash that check for $150, which I was told at the time was SAG minimum. Great. Um, <laughs> Not 65000 You didn't get 65000 I was told. No, go on, go on. Um, but he at this time was trying to mythologize himself, you know? In this real way. And so rather than make an artificial thing, he hired someone and said, I'm starting a new film. I have my script. I'm going to hire you to follow me around and right. write the uh, entire process of how an Emmerich film gets Sports Illustrated writer Michael right. Bamberger. That's the author. Do you think he was so distracted by that that that's how he lost his, like, I don't know. Anyway, well, go he, on. I think from the moment he handed in the script, he had this writer on hand, right? Right. And he thought the book was just going to be, here's a look into the process of America's most successful and beloved filmmaker. Right. Right. Now this Who will is... save humanity from itself someday. Yes. Are yeah. You... Exactly. Are you going to read about the, what happened with this movie? Yeah. There's a really good succinct quote here on the uh, Amazon X-ray from the IMDb trivia. <laughs> um, but he, uh, okay. According to the book, the man who heard voices, or how M Night Shyamalan risked his career on a fairy tale. One of the reasons why Shyamalan decided to part with Disney was because Disney's president of development, Nina Jacobson, yes. took her son to a party instead of staying home to read the script for Lady in the Water. Shyamalan had it personally couriered to her, and to add insult to injury, she didn't like it anyway. Shyamalan went off in a huff, and the creative differences he purportedly had with Disney was that he simply felt there was nothing creative about Disney anymore. Because he at the time said, I'm leaving them for creative differences. And they're saying that it was just him shit-talking Disney. He took the script to Warner Brothers instead, but without the usual marketing campaign that Disney promoted his other films with, Lady in the Water, was a box office flop. Uh, I don't. That's a some of that's simple, bullshit. Because yeah. Warner Brothers marketed the shit out of this movie. Yeah, it did 18 million opening weekend, which is not terrible for a film that had horrible reviews and two actors who are not box office draws, and was a, a director working outside of his genre. Yep. Right. And it, the insult was taking her son to a birthday party. That she didn't and I guess not liking the script and, and bowing to him. Right. Dear, how, now, how, how dare she? Now, not like it. What I had always heard, the legend I have heard, is that she just said, okay, I'm not, I think it's an interesting idea. Here are my notes. Yeah, right. she and spoke to him about the storyline. And he said, fuck you, I'm not Shyamalan. I don't get notes. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, according to Wikipedia, also, Dick, Chuk, Dick Hook, who is Nina Jacobson's boss, mm-hmm. literally said to her, like, I do not understand what this movie is. Which I, think I is get M Night. I get right. him, and I want to make his movie, but I don't know you. I don't know what this is. Now, what I've heard right. is that they were all sort of supportive and said, "Like we want to make an M Night right. show." They still we said they would. Fu- they would make the they movie. They still said they'd make it, and right. he took it away. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and so now he <laughs> no, said to this guy much. who's writing the book, "Like, great, you get to write a book about me reinventing myself." Right. And the book ended up sort of. I mean, it's really, a hit job. Yeah. 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 And he hated it. And who released this movie? Uh, Warner Brothers. So he, Tova Felch's style, kicked himself in the behind and soared over to, to, to Warner Brothers. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he loraxed him over. Legendary himself Pictures, over who at this point had made, like, Batman Begins, was, like, becoming Warner Brothers financiers for all their biggest tentpole movies. Right. And it makes $18 million opening weekend, a competitive weekend. Yeah, do you want to tell me some of the, can you guess? I looked it up recently. All I know right. my super ex-girlfriend was number three that weekend. No, it was number seven. Jesus Lady Christ. in the Water was number three. Number one was still Pirates of the Caribbean. 35 mil in its third weekend. Number two would have been Eight. Cars was 11. Uh, Cars is a 10. Okay. Uh, I was Number paying. two is an animated film nominated for an Oscar. Written by oh, Dan House. Harmon. Yes. Monster, Monster House, House was number the Charming Monster House. I never saw it. It's a good movie. That opened to 22 and Lady opened to 18 mil. And made in total 40? Uh, it ended up with a grand total of $42 million, 72 worldwide. And it cost 70 to make. 70. 75. So that's a horrible result, a terrible multiplier. 
Um, I mean, the, uh, it was like immediately audiences. Other movies in there, you mean Dupree, Little Man, Clerks 2, My Little Super Ex-Girlfriend, Superman Returns, Devil Wears Prada, Click, Cars. Yeah. Good year for film. Yeah. So I think we're we're pretty much getting there, huh? Wouldn't you say towards the end yes. of the episode? Well, there's, now, there's, I know you okay. have your, your, your segment that you want to set up. I did want to throw something out to you guys if you're interested. Uh, my thought was, why did this have to play, take place in a shitty apartment complex? So I wrote a list of other places that it could oh, okay. have been set in. I like this. Here we okay. go. Good, good um, segment. So off the top, I was thinking, what about a golf course? Uh, so the With a uh, pool or the little truck? A lake. A lake. And oh, so, sure. A water feature. And lady so in the lake. The lady, she comes uh, a caddy for a golf player who's having trouble with his game. So it's Tin Cup, basically. Yeah, sort and of. she's like the Rene Russo. Or, or, or like Bagger Vance. The you legend know, of Bagger Vance. Yeah, Do yeah. you guys know what the villain's name played by Don Johnson in Tin Cup is? A scrum. David Sims. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, go on. Uh, okay. <laughs> no one's really into that one. I, but Ben, I feel like you're not selling these as much as you yeah, usually you're kinda, do. Yeah, right, you're kind of... You're usually right. excited when you throw okay, these right, ideas right. out. I got a good one. Um, <laughs> how about on a pirate ship? Okay. Yeah, big yep. that summer, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Again, yeah. Like a, a you know, like a time like made in the past. It's then, made in the past, or it's set in the past. It's set in the past, okay. and then this could be the root of the mermaid legend angle. Like that, you know, that's how you like set Origin that up. Story. This movie yeah. might work better as like a sea shanty, like Fathom, that, right? As Fathoms Below at the beginning of Little Mermaid. Yeah, I mean, right? Like you just just lean into it. I mean, I get the idea of like, oh, what if you're a sea if, shanty from M <laughs> based on an original sea shanty. So, so this, this movie sucks. Fuck this movie. This is what I'm gonna say. I can't defend this movie as being good, right? No. But I find it fascinating to watch, and I yeah, enjoy well, it's watching. It's a bit it. of a blank check, you know. I enjoy watching it more than most movies. I totally like, disagree. I watched it on a plane yeah. and was like, I would watch this again. Like I'm just, I can, I'm so engaged by this movie and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. I would not wa- in any way that's a credit to him, but in the way that like film is interesting because J.D. Amato, past guest, said that all films he believes are, are in some about way their director. Reflect- right. Yeah. Well, and okay, film- but one of them, this movie has its director in it as, but go that's on. That's the thing. It's so <laughs> naked and it's so transparent, but also so unself-aware at the same I, time that I, I'm like fascinated by it. I want to dive into the bottom and get the clay and rub it on my legs. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I think- As a study of ego, it's fascinating. And it is a naked and vulnerable movie in yes. those terms, but to right? watch it, I mean, I I'm a luddite, and so I've never downloaded a movie from iTunes before. For oh this. wow, wow, yeah. Okay. Um, and so I did. I sure. paid four dollars. Yeah, for you it, told me very excitedly that you're going to do this, and I was like, all right, Richard. Yeah, no, I, like, I've never done it before. I've never ordered anything from Amazon either. Humble um, brag. But uh, I thought that I had done something wrong, and the movie was skipping scenes because I could not follow it. <laughs> like I was like, Is you the were download like, wrong. You were yeah. like the people yeah. watching the last episode of The Sopranos, and you're like, should I call my cable the, company? Uh, which I almost did in 2008 or whatever that was. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Um, Can I make my one final point that I find yeah, interesting? Sorry. And I'm not trying to win you oh over, God. but this is the read of this film that I think makes it fascinating. Okay. Popular theory. I think he confirmed it. That Inception was Christopher Nolan's film about filmmaking. I, did he ever confirm that? I do like that idea. Sure. That or at least that's one angle on Inception. And that's another movie with and a it, lot of stupid titles of people who have specific and jobs. And Nolan's a blank check filmmaker who we should 100%. cover one day. But the idea is that like DiCaprio's the director and oh, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's right. the producer yeah. and Tom Hardy's no, no, no. the actor. What, what, well, what, well, that's Ken Watanabe is the producer. Marion Cotillard is M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. I Ken Watanabe was the studio. He okay, was the he's the studio. Fine. All right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's the muscle who fights for his things. All right. right? All right. Yeah, yeah, and sure. Ellen Page is the writer. Ellen Page is the writer. Tom Hardy's the actor. Marion Cotillard's what, though? Uh, she's Marianne the inspiration. Co- she's, the she's art. She's the muse. She's art. She's yeah. uh, a film's fatal flaws. She's <laughs> the cookbook. Yeah, she's the cookbook. 
Uh, Le Cookbook. Okay. Uh, Le Livre de Cookin. That's not French. Oh, I kept on looking up uh, how to say Lady in the Water in French. It's because it's easy. It's like... Femme dans l'eau. De l'eau. There's probably another word for Water is L-apostrophe-E-A-U. Right. Yes. Is the water. Anyway, continue. Anyway. Um... I think this film was Shyamalan trying to make that film as well. This argument he's making to people being like, stop being so cynical, just fucking enjoy a story. I'm trying to tell a story for you. He's also trying to make a movie about how stories get told, right? Right. Which is very, very, like, clunkingly, Dom Don's low. Don low. There we go. go. Oh, cool. Um... This is a movie in which a woman whose name is Story is like is has to be saved and protected and carried off into the sky. Very true. By yeah. a whole team of people who all have very very specific positions, you right. know, and right. roles they have to do in the collaborative process of filmmaking and how a story gets translated to the people. What right. I find fascinating about that is is a movie in which a guy anytime anyone told him gave him any constructive criticism, he was like, "Fuck you, I'm M Night Shyamalan. I know exactly what I'm doing. I don't need any help from anybody." But everyone does turn out to be wrong. Yes, as he did as well. He turned out to be wrong for thinking he could do it in his own way. Do you have anything else? Because I think we're approaching two hours on this one. I think this movie's fascinating. It is fascinating. I just don't think it's good. In context, it is, but it's a horror to watch. Right, I agree. (laughs) Where where you lose me is the idea that this is a watchable film. I find it very unwatchable. I'm gay, and I just don't see the appeal of Scrunt. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I want to officially come out as a Scrunt homosexual. Uh huh. no, you know, yes, as I said, I have this near-sexual fetish for films that are this sort of disastrous and ambitious and this naked, right? Mm. And so watchability is a thing that I don't link to quality. Okay, but uh, as a critic, you got to think about watchability, I guess. Maybe that's why. I don't sure, know. Sure. But I find boring movies watchable sometimes. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone else, but I'm just telling you, to be honest, M. Night style. Nakedly honest, mm. I, I can watch this movie like a thousand times. I dare you to watch but, this movie. But I've also I will s- never watch it again. <laughs> I've <laughs> Me seen neither. Old Dogs 40 times for the same reason. Like, no, I can't figure it out. Old Dogs is funny. It's trying to entertain you. This movie yeah. is weirdly not trying to entertain you. It's so you. somber. There's no whimsy. Yeah. I mean, a bedtime story, I, I don't know. I agree with that. And this is a filmmaker who before this has always tried to entertain. He's yeah. been very Spielbergy. He's been entertainment first, even when he's telling his stories. And he completely forgets to do that in this movie because he's so... Wrapped up in his own fucking drama that we in don't care about. His own cookbook, about. his ish, his ideas on cultural problems. Yeah, <laughs> in his own cookbook. And I'll, I'll M. say Night this too: Shyamalan had made good movies up until now, and he's made this angry movie as if he'd made bad movies. Yeah, he's very defensive, he, insecure. Relax, big, big buddy. Baby. You're like a fucking success. You're like a twenty he's million dollar picture guy. He's telling a bedtime story. That's oh. what he's doing. And he's also like, like thirty two by the time this movie's made, right? I mean, he's Is he that really young? fucking young. Really? We looked it up the other day because he's, he's what, 21 when Praying with Anger is made? Yeah, but that's 92. That's, uh, uh, you know, he's 45 now. He was born in 1970. So he was 35. Good job, M. Knight. Yeah. Um, Lady in the Water, a film by M. Night Shyamalan, a bedtime mm. story. It, you know, Anything if, else? If I'm going to shit on I have to agree with you guys. I was watching it on a plane. I was trying to fall asleep, and it didn't do its job. I didn't fall asleep after watching it. I didn't sleep a wink on the plane. Did you have another bit you wanted to do? No, the, the second segment I want to do was the trivia thing, which I oh, okay. interspersed throughout right, the episode. Okay. That's a new yeah, yeah, trivia. I think you were also going to talk about PlayStation, but... I'm not going to yeah, talk about it. It'll make yeah. me too angry. Okay. Sony PlayStation, someone hacked into my account when I was on an overnight flight. <laughs> now they suspended Twitter the account. Twitter uh, uh, Twitter novel. Twitter, yeah. read it. But yeah. I no it's longer... called Griffin's Newman's The Cookbook. It's my cookbook. I no longer <laughs> can watch fucking Hulu or play Disney Infinity because someone hacked into my account and Sony has blamed me for that, Some even scrunch. though I have an alibi. Yeah, but was it was a little weird that your password was... 
I don't know. Scrum. Some Scrum some, 69 some, some improv. Whatever Tova. you want to say. <laughs> Tova Felsha. Whatever. Tova Lorax. Tova Lorax. Yeah. <laughs> 21. My password was place callback here. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> thank you, Richard. I want to say thank you for having me. This yes. was so much fun. Hey. I'm like. Uh, this was a good I one. get very excited every time there's a new episode up. Um, so thanks. This is, this is good. I'm glad that I switched from the village to this. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, mm-hmm. Had, you, had this, you seen The Village? Le Village. I believe I saw that in the theater so with my sister. You got to see a new movie instead. Yeah, I yeah. did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, next uh, we're glad you film. came, Richard. It was great to see you. Well, thanks. It's very hot in here. So It is. It's getting quite balmy. Uh, next on my Shyamalan film is The Happening. Correct. Uh, and we are going to, I might ask to cut this out. I don't think so, just because I haven't confirmed with him. You should probably confirm with him. But keep it in if I then tell you that we've confirmed. Griffin, we're releasing this in like a day. So. I know. Okay, okay. Our, our guest, I, I believe, on the episode will be James Urbaniak, the yeah. great actor. Very exciting. The great oh, actor, James Urbaniak, will be exciting. our guest for uh, The Happening, which is the one that he special requested as well. Well, I've never seen The Happening in full. I think I watched about an hour plus of it Betty on TV Buckley's once. Get ready. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll say it's my least favorite one. Well, what, it's but have first you R-rated, right? It is, and that's yeah. how it was advertised. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen The Last Airbender. We should talk about how, yeah, this movie was such a colossal bomb, and of course he leans right back. Did you see like, The First make- Airbender? Yes, I did see that one. <laughs> we, I just I mean, we're not going to top now. that. We're, we're not going to top, top that. that. All right, thanks we'll for listening, week. everybody. Yes, uh, and, and as always, keep on scrutting after your dreams. <laughs>